All right, final day of August 2022, Super Don. Can you believe it? We're almost to September. And we got to do a show. We got a show to do. And I'm very excited because in hour two, Super D, I'm gonna I've got an in-studio guest. In studio. You heard me. Have we done that before? Not on this new platform, have we? No, you know, occasionally my son or my daughter has come in and just kind of talked in the same mic, but no, not actually a secondary mic, everything. So this is going to be a big day. It's going to be, hi, ho, Kermit the Frog is joining me. Not really. Uh, (laughs) What? Where did that come from? (laughs) I don't know. It just kind of came through. That's the kind of day it is. Uh, Anyway, he's from New Zealand and Australia, and he's joining me live on the Robert Chad Bell Show, Hour 2. If if it goes well, we'll have a a PhD uh, researcher, Dr. Jeff Pilot. We'll see. We couldn't test with him, so uh, he's trying to hook up. So hopefully the audio and, and video will work. Uh, and it'll go horizontal instead of vertical. That would be ideal. But uh, we're going to see about that. Um, how are the unjab doing versus the jab? We're going to ask that question. Um, I'll go ahead and tell you who's on second hour. World's best courage coach. We're going to talk on about first. The What's on second? Up. I don't know who's on third. Laban Ditchbird is joining us. By the way, I'll talk also about the uh, professional uh, basketball player I talked to yesterday as far as that documentary we're filming. Uh, that's coming up. Film not at 11, but live right now. As we get this healing party started, it's the Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, here we go. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on next two hours of broadcast healing and then bonus round. And I'm glad to be here, upright as I am. Yes, I'm standing up, still standing. Of course, I didn't hike eight miles up this morning like I did last Wednesday and then uh, eight miles down. That was crazy. I was walking funny for the next few days. And now I'm just funny, just funny looking, all of that stuff. Listen, we got a lot to do on the show. Looks like we will have, hopefully, Dr. Jeff Pilot momentarily. We'll get, we didn't get a chance to test his audio, but if he, if he opens up at the mic and everything's great, we got an interesting interview with another PhD researcher on a lot of topics related to jabs of the DNA, mRNA variety and more. Uh, and also uh, Laban Ditchburn, the world's greatest fast courage coach, joining me in studio. Uh, that's going to be fun. We'll talk about the courage to speak up. How often have you heard me and others say, now is not the time to remain silent? You've heard statements like, we will not go silently into the night. These are the kind of things to consider now as, yes, it's inconvenient sometimes to speak up because of what it means in the cancel culture world. But what do we say to our kids and grandkids or what will they say when they look back at us? Mom, dad, why didn't you speak up while you still had the chance about what about a lot of things in particular, the jabs, the jabs Our leads story. It's at robertscottbell.com. And it was in the newsletter. Super Don sent out. If you're not getting the Robert Scott show, Scott Bell show newsletter, text RSB to two, two, eight, two, eight, text RSB to two, two, eight, two, eight. You'll be plugged in. It's awesome. And weirdly enough, there are people that get the newsletter that like it better than me and my show. That's Super Don. He's like getting really big and bad, Super Don, with your uh, newsletter. They're like, oh, man, this is awesome. I, who needs to listen to the show now? I just got the newsletter. Might have to, like, clip your uh, newsletter wings if this keeps up. Hey, I, I, it wasn't anything I did. It wasn't, I, I just, you know, it was like, hey, let's do a newsletter for the show. Let's do one out there. And then, yeah, it turns out there's people that are subscribing to the newsletter yeah. that don't listen to the show. And it's just like, this is weird. I don't even know how to handle this. Should that even be allowed? I, I just... I don't know. I don't know. Well, Super D. All right. We'll see what how it goes. No, you're doing Sorry. amazing work there. Um, how are the jabbed or the non-jabbed doing? Super D, you are not jabbed. Correct. Your wife not jabbed. Your grandkids Correct. not jabbed. 
How are you all doing overall? Uh, hold on. Yeah, checking the pulse. I'm looking at you. Yeah, looking good. Doing all right. Yeah, yeah. And you and you showed yeah. up for the Cardio Miracle webinar last night, which was awesome. We just enjoy. Everybody enjoyed seeing you. You told your story of the migraines going away, which was really cool. And uh, you know, I, I was bummed because yeah. we were supposed to have. I was you there to try and happen. What's that? Uh, we were what try, happened? We, we were supposed to have John Hewlett on. And oh yeah, happened. I know. When I yeah. when I went in, I expected to see John. And I saw Stan. So what happened yeah. with John? Do you know? I still don't know what happened with the connections. But we're going to do another one with okay. John. But the one last night was awesome. If you s signed up live, saw it, or if you get the the replay later, we went into again the high high level science uh, revelations about that formulation, including autophagy or autophagy. And I ask every MD, PhD, how do they say autophagy or autophagy? Just because I'm curious, and it's it's split right down the middle. There are some. We'll have to ask. We'll world. have to ask Jeff when we get him on whether yeah, it's yeah. autophagy or, or autophagy. autophagy. Yes, I know which. That one just doesn't sound right to me, but I, I think I, it's I'm, autophagy. But. I like it better. But then there are people, man, nitpickers about how you say stuff, and you know this is a dangerous profession to be in, super don, because all I do is say stuff. People have the opportunity to just go. I can't believe you said that. Or how you said that. You know that's a multisyllabic word and you only use two of the three syllables? That's not right either. Mm, grammar you, Nazis. Well, you look, you risk a lot with the newsletter. Seriously. I do you you want to do that now or you want to do that later? I, I think we gotta get it out of the way because Super Don's just gonna be in a rotten <laughs> mood all day unless we do this to open up the show today. Yeah. Well, all right, fine. So we, uh I'm fixing your name, by the way. Your RSB okay, not S D. Oh, thank you. So, I've got, and actually, you know, there, I've got a, th a third phone call waiting for me over here that I have not been able to listen to. I think it might be somebody criticizing me again. Oh, no. Everybody's criticizing me all of a sudden here on these yeah. newsletters. So, I'm just, it's the other me, I'm day. I'm disguising my voice. We'll, we'll start off with the other day. Okay. Uh, I did a, a poll question that was talking about inflation. Yes. And, and prices. And, mm -hmm. and the question was, how is this going to affect mm -hmm. your holiday plans yeah and apparently i made a mistake and i <laughs> uh -oh. you know it's funny because when i did it I, it kind of crossed my mind but i was like eh, whatever i'm not gonna worry right. about it yeah but you know there's two different ways uh to spell that word Affect and they have two different meanings they they're applied differently you have effect with an e at the beginning and you have mm -hmm. affect mm -hmm. with an a yeah. i used e effect and apparently, uh, I, I made a mistake. You affected somebody who didn't like the this way you... This is a call concerning your poll. Actually, none of the answers, or the proposed answers, will give you a, a meaningful answer to your question, because the verb in the question is wrong. It should have been aff affect, not effect. <laughs> You got busted by, and you're not even a millennial. How did you make that mistake? You know, that's one of those ones that it just, for whatever reason, I, I've always had a block on, and sure. I have a tendency to use the E, and yeah. I don't use More the, the a. a. Yeah, It was incorrect, oh. and so it was wrong. But you know what? You know, as far as I'm concerned, it's like, look, can't you just read the question, know what I meant, and answer it? But it's like, you are somehow, my finger will not work on the mouse because it had an, an E instead of an A. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, get out of here, whatever. Yeah. But well, anyway. You can, 
we can if we keep this up we can never criticize a millennial based on that for their use of grammar improperly so and that was that i think i got that yesterday or day before okay. so this morning i sent out the newsletter a little bit late okay uh but the poll question today and we'll show it later yeah. has to do with uh the new irs agents that are being hired uh, 87,000 new IRS agents have been hired. And the question is, how do you think they'll be used? Okay. You don't have to give the re- and, uh, different options. Just go ahead and play what yeah. this caller was. Dave. So, yeah. So, uh, I get a, I get a voicemail here from, uh, someone here, uh, mm-hmm. about that question. Hi, this is Jack from New York commenting on, uh, today's poll, August 31 of the 87,000, uh, new IRS employees. I would like to know over what period of time uh, they're going to be hired and to what extent those 87,000 are going to replace uh, the projection of uh, employees of the IRS that are going to uh, uh, retire uh, (laughs) over that same uh, period of time. What is Jack from New York, an actuarial? I mean... Okay, let's say 2,000 are going to retire. So I would like have- to know what size shoe they wear, what their <laughs> blood type is, and whether they like okay, what their favorite color Jack, is. It's an interesting I, question. I guess I'd like to know those, too. We don't know the answer to that. So if you can dig it up and call us back, we want to know, too. Because uh, it matters, right? If it's only 85,000 agents because 2,000 are retiring, it will be saved, right? It'll be the- No, it's a horrible disaster any way you look at it. All right, Super Don, you're being. I don't know what their blood type is. I don't know what their favorite color is. I don't know either. But why does that matter? Yeah. Why does that matter anyway? So I I, I will get back to you on what this other this other voicemail I've got waiting for me. I have a feeling. I just have a could be another critique of Super Don's uh, email newsletters. I'm not critiquing you. I love that you're doing it, and people are digging it. So thank you for doing that. And and it's fun that that people are responding by phone. There is no uh, let's say. You know, when we say stuff that comes in that's not super nice, we're okay with that. That's kind of cool to play. So uh, go ahead and call us at 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355, and find out how the unjabbed are doing. Many of you in this audience are not jabbed. Uh, I, I take issue, I still do, and it's it, this is me being a nitpicker on the words unvaccinated. When I think of undoing something, it means you've done something, now you've undone it. So I've never understood when I woke up to this how you unvaccinate something. Because to say you're unvaccinated is not, that's not the meaning of the word. They mean you haven't been jabbed or vaccinated. So how about non-vaccinated, non-jabbed? I, okay, I know I'm being annoying right now. But there's a survey, uh, I think this was done um, in the Defender, of almost 19,000, 18,500 or so individuals jabbed against COVID. And, and oh, well, they were not jabbed against COVID. And they said that we're doing fine health-wise but we're being discriminated against. Such discrimination and restriction of liberties based on a medical choice may fall foul of relevant national anti-discrimination laws and international treaties. And, you know, I asked this question about discrimination, and and this is some of the things I'm doing this documentary film about people who have been injured uh, by by the jab. I'm interviewing people from all backgrounds, political spectrum, et cetera, including, you know, hardcore Democrats that really believed in the jab that had gotten jabbed and now are ill, devastatingly ill. And rather than being embraced with compassion by their fellow Democrats are being shunned. Like where, where's the compassion? Look, you can be pro jab and pro vaccine. And if somebody gets hurt by it, 
then suddenly you go, oh, well, now you're an anti-vaxxer. I can't have anything to do with you. I'm going to cancel with you, cancel you. What does that say? I mean, to me, it's disgusting in terms of behavior as a human. That you would, it's like, look, whether you're for or against the jabs, here we're not for the jabs, but if you get injured by a jab, you know, all the compassion in the world is here for you. If you get injured, oh, here, let's just say it this way. For those of us that don't like the jabs, don't want them, and you took it and you got sick, I'm not. we're not happy that you got sick after the jab. We're not applauding and celebrating. Where's the humanity? My gosh, where's the compassion? I know it's unreasonable of me to expect Democrats to be compassionate at this point, isn't it? Well, I know that's a, it's a, a bro, gross generalization because there are a lot of Democrats that are going, I didn't sign up for that. That's not what I believe in. And they almost have no political home now. They're like independence, more and more independence. What do I do? But you see when people show their true colors. Again, it's it's okay to believe different things. You really are into the shot. Fine. If you're against the shot, fine. But to wish harm and celebrate harm or when there is harm that comes, whether it's from the shot or from COVID. And then you're just serves you right. You deserve that. Dude, do we have just a bunch of mean, angry people, particularly now on the political left more than any other time in history? I just got to actually call it out like we see it right now. And I'm not saying it's mutual or it's exclusive to that, but that's where it's playing itself out big time right now. Now, as we uh, move through these uh, these issues, I want to mention real briefly, and then we'll, we'll try to bring on uh, our, our doctor guest, Dr. Jeff Pilot, in just a moment. Uh, as I was interviewing some of the people, some doctors, I interviewed another uh, board-certified car- cardiologist about what he witnessed, uh, the high-pressure sales tactics in the, ho- in the hospitals to get jabs, to get people jabbed. He was the only one that had any questions about, wait a second, they rushed this thing through. And I asked him the question I often ask of doctors and scientists, is there, is there one medicine, is there one drug, or is there one vaccine that is like perfect for everyone, that everyone should have it? No questions asked. No individual assessment. It's like, yeah, this one's good for everybody. One drug. Just name the drug. Everybody should be on it. And that's it. No questions asked. And of course, the doctor looks at me. He's like, no, of course not. And I'm like, well, why do your fellow doctors all pushing this thing on everybody? Like there is a one size fits all solution or prevention method that's been rushed into. You know, yeah, Obviously, he's already on board with that. Another interview I did, and I don't know if this will air in the next couple of months when this documentary comes out. Uh, but a professional, former professional basketball player, played internationally, played in the NBA for, uh, I believe, over 10 years in the 80s and the 90s. And I got to talk with him about playing against Dominique Wilkins because I was an Atlanta Hawks fan back in the day with Dominique and Spud Webb. And he was like, yeah, man, that's Spud. I've heard he's like 70 and he can still dunk. I'm like, I don't doubt it. That guy was amazing. But Dominique, he tells me this story. Do you remember Spud Webb? Wasn't Spud Webb the super short guy that could yes. dunk? Yeah, and he yeah, won the I dunk context that. one year. Remember that? I remember that. And he's like five foot ten or something. Yeah, or shorter. And or anyway, shorter, I was talking yeah. to the guy. It's Fred Roberts. He was primarily with the Milwaukee Bucks for many years. And he was contacted by John Stockton, Hall of Fame point guard for the Utah Jazz. And they established a, a monthly Zoom call with athletes, maybe coaches, referees, entertainers, all about the mandatory jabs that were happening in their industry. And trying to find a way to strategize, strategize and push back. Now you got Aaron Rodgers pushing back. Uh, let's see who else is is not jabbed. The the number one tennis player in the world in reality, Novak Djokovic, not jabbed. Who else was there? Uh, let's see. John Rappaport just put out an article about that. Aaron. Oh, uh, Kyrie Irving, NBA basketball player, not jabbed. These guys are at the top flight of their of their 
you know, business, some of the best players in the world at what they do. And Fred Roberts, just, we were talking about, you know, the freedom to, you know, to basically do what you're here to do without getting assaulted by a medical weapon. And so as we witness these things moving forward, the question is, how are you, how are we treating or how are we allowing people who are not jabbed to be treated? Are we back into the era of pre-civil rights discrimination based on, in this case, not color, but medical status, pharmaceutical status, jab status? And as you know, percentage-wise, the African-American community is least likely to support and trust that these jabs are for their own good or anybody's good because of the history of experimentation on them by the U.S. government and medical representatives of the pharmaceutical state. So how are you being treated out there as a non-jabbed individual? Get back to us on that. That's not the poll question of the day, but I'm curious. You can call us. You can write us. You can email us. You can text us. And if you want to be part of the newsletter, text RSB to 22828. And with that, let's see. Wish us luck, everybody. We're going in. We weren't able to test with uh, Dr. Jeff Pilot before on his audio, but I see his video is working. So we're going to give our, well, give it a go. I pray that it works. And let's see. Dr. Jeff Pilot, are you with us? I, I am with you. Okay, we're having a hiccup, but so far I did hear you. That's good. Yes, a little bit of a delay, but I think we can manage it. That's my hope. Now, you're a PhD type of a doctor. Okay. What was your uh, uh, studies in to get into that PhD level? I'm um, biochemistry, so protein. Do you, uh, Super Don, are you hearing what I'm hearing? I just want to make sure because I really am curious about Jeff. It's like spotty. The audio is coming and clipping and going away, and I, and I never know why. Jeff, try again. Can you hear me? It's it's so it spotty. It's, yeah, it's clipping. It's like it, it appears and then it disappears. This is why we want to test before we go live to work the bugs out. It's kind of frustrating because I love interviewing people I've never met before and talking about their journey and their passion. And you've got a lot of good stories to tell, Jeff. I can I can see that already in you. Picture's great, but yeah, we've got we've got some yeah. kind of weird delay going on on the uh, on the audio, audio side. Yeah, there's not really a lot I can suggest to try and fix. Um, Is that a built-in microphone into your computer? Oh, frozen. now he froze up, dude. I'm so his sorry. Internet, about his that. internet went down to nothing. See yeah, that? it went down the connection. Um, look, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to reschedule yep. that. We'll reschedule. I'll message him right now. Let him know. Yeah, I just have a sense that he has a good story to tell. I don't know how I know yeah. these things, but I'm curious. I can look at the guy. and Go. Yeah, I think we could have a good discussion on this stuff. But folks, we try. Honestly, I, I try to get all of these awesome people on, and sometimes they're unable to test, and it's a risk for us to do what we do and then go live and then have that happen. I'm so sorry. I know some of you guys and gals are not very forgiving and are very upset when I do that. But, uh, you know, I tend to be a little bit more, uh, give a little more leeway than we should about the pre-testing, pre-connection testing. Uh, so back to briefly the treatment of the unjab. The idea here is, of course, that, well, back in the day when people were discriminated against on the basis of their skin color, there was a point in time where a significant percentage, and I would say more than a majority, said, you know what? This is disgusting. This is awful. This is horrible. Let's stop this nonsense. And yes, there were some people that were genuinely prejudiced or genuinely racist, and they did not like the idea of 
equal protection under the law or the idea that people should not and could not, you would not be allowed to discriminate based on something like skin color or let's for that matter, religion, national origin, or even sexual uh, identity, so to speak. Although we weren't dealing in the, in the strange gender dysphoria that we see today. Uh, that was, a, you know, if, if you talk about someone who felt like they were in the wrong body, I mean, I'm not saying it never happened in history, but in the uh, era of uh, xenoestrogens and all kinds of disruptions to uh, metabolic cellular integrity, before birth, after you're born, et cetera, on top of the grooming of children, the programming through this mass hypnosis of public indoctrination, public education centers, causing confusion that wouldn't normally be there. We're dealing with a different thing that I'm not trying to bring up in terms of discrimination right now. The discussion on discrimination is about your medical status. Your medical status. Since when is it okay to go, you can't come in here because you have diabetes and you haven't taken your insulin or you're not sick, but since the CDC and the NIAID and uh, WEF and WHO say something about non-sick or asymptomatic carriers of disease, which never before was a thing, you can go, well, based on that, if I can get enough people to believe that, that everybody is carrying a deadly germ of some kind and they don't get the jab that we say is going to protect them from it, despite the fact it doesn't, we can get away with, because all the scared people are going to go, yeah, we should, uh, we should stop those uh, uh, non-jab people from going out and spreading disease without any evidence that they actually are. Now we're talking about term it, turning human beings into vermin. And then the appropriate analogy in the 20th century is the rise of Nazi Germany and how they vilified the Jews, dehumanized the Jews. Of course, they did it to gypsies and gays and such, but particularly targeting those of the Jewish faith. They made them less than human. Now, at the time, maybe some people said, hey, this, just, this is not right. This doesn't feel right. But a lot of people just said, okay, let's blame them for all our problems because, you know, listen, the, the, after World War I, what happened was a disaster in, in terms of destroying, impoverishing that nation of Germany. It almost set the stage on purpose for the rise of an, a charismatic figure like Hitler to rise up in, in rank nationalism and to point or scapegoat any particular group of people. And they said the bankers, because the Jewish people were doing a lot of banking, and therefore, you know, this is a short version of it. But over the fomenting of years of hatred and propaganda and vilifying, the Jews were the problem, put them in the ghettos, uh, let's get them out of here, or if they stick around, we'll put them in the ovens eventually. Now, the ovens didn't happen the first day. They also disarmed them, any number of things that occurred. And for people to deny that the disgusting treatment of people that simply don't want to get jabbed. Now that crosses all of the typical barriers of race and religion and things, because it's a mix of everybody that don't want to get the jab. But you see, what is the group that most enthusiastically or individuals that co comprise a group of people that are most enthusiastically endorsing discrimination and pretending it's not, it's for our safety. You're vermin. You're, you're, you're sick or you, you will be sick and you'll make me sick because you haven't got a medical injection of synthetic mRNA in this particular case to alter your DNA protein synthesis to produce spike proteins that arguably, at least partially, are a significant part of the inflammatory cascades and damage to the endothelial lining, to the kidneys, to the ovaries, to the testes, to the brain, the nervous system, you name it. It's going everywhere. 
But who are those individuals that are most enthusiastically cheerleading discrimination? Look at anybody that's calling for the censorship of anybody who speaks out against the COVID narrative. Look for anybody who speaks out, the the discrimination against those who speak out about COVID jab injuries. I'm not talking about these people who speak out. I'm talking about the people who enthusiastically say they should be censored. And we're looking at who those people are. And correct me if I'm wrong, but are they not primarily individuals in a group that identify as far left progressive liberal Democrats more than anything else? And if I'm wrong on that, point out where I'm wrong. And that should tell you all you need to know if you've been a lifelong Democrat because you felt a certain compassion manifested its way through your democratic principles or democratic party ideals and look in the mirror and ask yourself, is that the same thing that you identify with today with discriminating against people who don't want to become medical experiments? Do you identify with censoring people because they have different views that may be offensive to you? I thought that's what you complained about the religious right many years ago, like D Snyder. You know, he comes out and we like D Snyder and super Don. I'm not saying I don't like D Snyder. We're not going to take it, but he gets all dropping F bombs over. I can't believe the conservative right Republicans are using my song. I wrote that song about them. Okay, fine. Yeah. You could be, you have a right to be upset about them if they do things you don't like. And, and there was a time in the past where they were for censorship. Now though, it shifted D Snyder and the so-called group of people that you're a part of the individual have now become as bad or worse than anything you wrote that song about when the religious right were con- tried to censor you. Critical thinking is, is required. Ability to self-efface is required. The willingness to go, yeah, you know, it's changed. It's not the same. The Democrats of old are not the Democrats of c- the current. Bobby Kennedy has written a, a book about that. I'd love to get him on and talk about a, a, a basically a book to Democrats, to the, the the progressive left about where they're where they've gone wrong. Bobby Kennedy's not a Republican, but he does acknowledge that those in the Republican Party by and large are more in support of fundamental freedoms like not being coerced and forced into getting experimental injections. Freedom, defending freedom. It's not the Democrats right now. And when they say my, my body, my choice, they only mean it when terminating the life of an unborn child, not the sanctity of your body, mom, dad, or your kids to protect your kids from something you perceive is more harmful than helpful. And by far, we're learning that the COVID jabs are not helpful at all. If anything, they're devastatingly, powerfully unhealthy, creating mayhem, destruction, death. And yet we haven't even seen the full scope of the deaths that are being predicted. Sudden death, died suddenly, on and on it goes. Young people, healthy people, athletes, not athletes alike, 30-somethings, 40-somethings, 20-somethings. All-cause mortality up 2021 over 2020, 2022, right there. And these are things after the introduction of the jab. Now, what are we going to do? Most of you have figured out that, hey, it is not a drug deficiency disease. It is not a vaccine or mRNA injection deficiency disease or syndrome. But you might perceive that it is a deficiency of, name the mineral. Even doctors were prescribing zinc and vitamin C and in combination with older, safer drugs like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin having great success in preventing and reversing COVID, COVID-like manifestations or symptoms. 
And so what are we talking about here? Could you have a deficiency of zinc and vitamin C? Perhaps. Could you induce further deficiencies by taking too much zinc and vitamin C and lose copper? Yes, you could. But that would lend itself to thinking, hey, maybe I need to supplement my diet. Maybe I need to supplement my diet and do something different. Bring something in that my body actually needs for optimal metabolic cellular functions. And you'd be right in many cases, even though we can argue and discuss the form. What about the propaganda against dietary supplements? It's ramped up once again. A tragedy has occurred, apparently. The ANH is covering this. The Alliance for Natural Health says uh, uh, there was a death of a congressman's wife recently. Now, I didn't hear about this. This is new. They say the tragic death of Lori McClintock, wife of California Republican Congressman Tom McClintock. Did we ever... I have a vague memory that we might have interviewed Tom McClintock, but maybe uh, my wife could check that out in the database, but it's being used as a justification for additional supplement requirements. Why? What, what happened? What is this? What did she take? And was it really the cause of her death? Super Don, do you have any secondary stories on this? What was the cause of his wife's death? The mulberry leaf? Mulberry leaf with I, I'd never heard of before. Yeah, I've heard of it. I've never really used it, but especially for weight loss. I've never used it, but but here's what's here's what's kind of telling. If you look at the news headlines, yeah, for that day, mm-hmm. you've got. Uh, well, let me zoom in on here the correct way here. Mm-hmm. Death of Tom McClintock's wife, tied to mulberry leaf. Death of Representative Tom McClintock's wife points to the dangers of dietary supplements. Really, herbal remedy linked to death of U.S. representative's wife. So you know what you know. All, the the mainstream media did what the mainstream media always does. Yeah, and they seized an opportunity to be able to try and make this something that people needed to be afraid of herbal remedies. Now, yeah, the question is what happened. We don't have any details on this mulberry leaf uh, supplement. Was it adulterated? Was it the only thing? What else was going on? How many times have I dealt with people that thought they were harmed by silver? Come to find out they're on multiple medications and, and combinations of things. You're like, uh, look at the adverse event list on your uh, insert there. Oh, I didn't know that. How often, how quick are they to blame a dietary supplement? Despite the fact that poison control centers report that very few deaths occur, sometimes none, every year to dietary supplements, yet modern medicine and their medical drugs approved by the FDA are the third leading cause of death and how interesting is it that they jump to the conclusion that mulberry leaf killed mcclintock's wife when there is no headline acknowledging that these adverse events post jab are resulting in these mysterious deaths that they refer to as sudden adult death syndrome with no viable plausible explanation we know it's not the jabs how do you know it's not the jabs you don't know what the, oh it's not well you know it's not the jabs how, i mean how do you like the, the, the ridiculousness of the mainstream media is so transparent in their attack, their seething rage and hatred of anybody who decides to take a supplement instead of a drug or even a supplement with a drug, whether that's, uh, you know, optimal or not. No, we didn't. We didn't interview McClintock. I just ha- maybe we talked about him a lot in an election cycle. It sounded probably, familiar. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's basically, I'm just reading along here in the, in the article. It says here that the media is reporting that McClintock, Mrs. Mm-hmm. McClintock yeah. had a partially intact white mulberry leaf in her stomach. Okay. And the cause of the death has been attributed to dehydration and gastroenteritis. 
They point out here that attributing her death to the white mulberry leaf is speculative at this point. Yeah. Then I mean, it's if not you, something that's con- it's Yeah, if you, if you die I mean, of dehydration, <laughs> I mean, dude, if you didn't drink enough water, that's alone with or without a mulberry leaf a problem. Right. But look at how they... Tell me if I'm, I'm going bonkers here and just saying, hey, where are the headlines with all these people dying suddenly? Young, healthy the people who have been jabbed. And it's like if they could blame mulberry <laughs> leaves, they would do that headline. But instead they go, right. it's SADS and there's no explanation, but we know it's not the jab. Well, you know, they say there's no data whatsoever that mm-hmm. is is connecting the mulberry leaf to the death. And if you're going to take simply the fact that she had a partially intact mulberry leaf in her stomach, therefore, that is what caused her to die. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Because, you know, a lot of these people uh, will criticize people like you and I that will question as to whether somebody you and uh, me, who got the, the vaccine. Oh, stop it. Affect, <laughs> man. Uh, piling on now, Super D. Why is it you and me? You and I doesn't work because you, you don't criticize I. You criticize me. By the way, I hear my. I hear my. I am going to I... criticize you right now. <laughs> anyway, all right. So what I'm trying to say is okay. That what are you to I say? have heard numerous times where yeah. where folks will say, "Oh, well, you know, you can't. You're just a crazy person because you're asking as to whether the, the somebody got getting the vaccine and then dying ten minutes later is connected." Yeah. Well, how's that any different than going, she had a partially intact mulberry leaf in her stomach, therefore that's what caused her to die. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to do better than that. Yeah. I, and I, so I, I just think this is like, I haven't seen a hit piece like this in a while, mm-hmm. but this is just an opportunity for people to go, oh, dietary supplements, oh my goodness, they're going to kill everybody. It's, you know, it's just it's just an opportunity they're taking. And like mm-hmm. I said, I never even heard of mulberry leaf. What do you take mulberry leaf for? You what, know, I, Don't you I, remember I, that song? Yeah. Was it a... Out of Australia, all around the mulberry bush, the monkey chased the weasel. Don't you remember that? No? Yeah. And it like pop goes. I don't remember that the the lyrics to it, though. I, you know what I really remember that as is that was a song that always played on the Jack in the Box, right? Right, yes, correct. And then it would scare you. Who was it that played on Saturday Night Live and he put Mr. Let's put Mr. Hamster in the microwave. And then you heard pop goes the weasel. You remember that one? Was that... Am I just making sort that of, up? Yeah, yeah, Anybody I do. I do remember that? the hamster in the microwave thing. That was a long. Who did time that? Ago. I mean, the PETA got very upset. I think. I don't know what happened. How that transpire? I don't know. That wasn't a Mr. Bill thing, was it? Oh no, it's Mr. Bill show. Yeah, I remember Mr. Bill. We loved that as yeah. kids. Yeah. Hey, it was Mr. Bill. See, March. Was it? March says Mr. Bill. Let's put Mr. Yes. Hamster in the microwave. Pop goes the weasel. I would think that they put Mr. Bill in the microwave back then. Mr. Hand would put Mr. Bill in the microphone. That was a crazy show. So anyway, mulberry. Yeah. Yeah. Mulberry leaf. Yeah, I just don't think it's uh, anything serious. I mean, but this is it. Every little bit that they can try to do to attack the natural substances of creation, vilify them, much less those of us who are not jabbed. And, you know, like, tell me, honestly, I mean, I'm not here to try and throw people of one political persuasion under the bus. But at this point in time, currently... Who is cheerleading discrimination? Seriously, is it just me or is it who's 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 enthusiastic going? Yeah, we should discriminate against those who are on jab. How dare yeah, they? Yeah, that's not there. They look at it differently. I'm sure. You know, they they look at it as you know anti-vaxxers, right? Yeah, those but it is nasty, dirty discrimination. People, whether they you know, look at it, it is dis- or not. it is dis- yeah. you're right. It is discrimination, but they justify it. 
It's yeah, okay well, to discriminate against like, those that you like think are white, wrong. White racists of, the, of wherever justified, hey, separate water fountains. They just that would be like going to the Democrats and saying you're being discriminatory towards Republicans, and they'd be like, and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can discriminate as long as there's somebody that you and a lot of other people think are bad. So that's all yeah. it takes. It's a group think. It's it's a mob mentality. Just silly that anybody's discriminating against someone who's not jabbed now with all of the information out. Is it like? Do they not get the memo that the jabs don't work? They don't stop transmission. They don't stop manifestation. And they don't even act against the things that might be currently floating around if you're worried about things floating around. Yeah. And then look at California again, except for Michael Bolden. California has now approved a bill to go further on through their Congress uh, to punish doctors who spread false information. Ask once again, who gets to define what is false information and where is it in the constitution written on you know in the first amendment that says you know freedom of speech which we don't grant you we acknowledge that the government shall not limit speech that it says except for speech that we perceive to be false misinformation disinformation malinformation where in the california constitution does it allow you to make such a claim that you can limit the speech of those with whom you disagree because you have and become have become the arbiter of truth and false truth and falsehoods mm-hmm. and so california Apparently it just again, needs what go ahead go ahead uh, sorry i i'm just saying i thought you were going to take a breath there for a second no i don't take breaths i just talk for two hours <laughs> occasionally you you come in and make me breathe i was just gonna say that it's been a yeah. it's been approved yeah. but uh newsom has still has to sign it in order to make it uh make oh it's it gone up to newsom's desk it's basically rating on Newsom now. And basically, you know, what they're saying here in this bill, and it's, I'm just reading from the article here, it says mm. it would allow regulators to punish doctors for spreading false information about COVID-19 vaccinations and treatments. And I have seen some talk mm-hmm. uh, amongst legal experts on this particular bill. And what they're saying is, because first it's going to end up in the court, just like oh, everything yeah. else, you know. And we predicted a lot of this. If you remember at the very beginning of this, we were saying that this stuff, even though it sucks, what they're doing, it's going to end up in the courts and that's where it's going to be decided. And ultimately, I think that's where people are going to win for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this case, I've seen some some legal experts talking about this bill. Yeah. And they're saying, you know, it's possible that this bill could end up turning around and biting them in the butt because it could be used against doctors. Mm-hmm like at the CDC, that as time has gone on, we have found that there were doctors that were giving out, what, misinformation uh, about the vaccine and about treatments. And that stuff yeah. is coming to light now. And so it is possible yeah. that there could be, could be some challenges on this where they would be able to take this law and use it against docs that were saying that, oh, the vaccine was going to stop transmission, the vaccine, get the vaccine and you won't get sick. Yeah. Use this treatment and it'll keep you from getting sick. Do you sick. really think that the, they would utilize it that way, though? I think if you had enough Tom Rences and people like that out there that would be yeah. willing to take Maybe this stuff you to could court, push I, think, yeah. I you, think it could at least yeah. make well, a difference. Well, what it will yeah. do is, is, of course, stifle scientific debate and discussion even further, clearly, yeah. as they try to deplatform us and censor us. But with doctors who have licenses, permission slips from the state to do that, which would otherwise be set, claimed to be illegal, uh, this is, you know, this is what, what I would love to see is doctors in mass walk off the job in protest of anything that limits their freedom of speech. 
Where are the doctors of courage? Where are the courageous doctors that would speak out? That's why we got Laban Ditchburn coming on in hour two to talk about the courage to speak out. The courage where are the doctors? Out. Yeah. Is it speak out the, or speak up? Either one is fine. Out and up. Up and out. Is it affect or effect? Yeah. Better out than in, I always say. <laughs> right. You have an outie or an any? Oh, my gosh. Where are we going today, my brother? So, uh, um, all right. I'm not trying yeah. to be too discriminatory, but there is rightful discrimination that is to decide, you know. I always use this example. Like, you look down a dark alley at night in a bad part of town. Do you use the powers of discrimination to say, maybe it's not a good idea to walk down that alley alone, unarmed, for instance. That's rightful use of your discriminatory powers, not, you know, the powers that you would only get from government to prohibit people from having the freedom to go to work or travel because they have refused to get an injection that is clearly an experiment that has no liability should it injure or kill you. So, all right. So let's see what else is going on in California. This is how appropriate is this? Yeah, good news. Senator Weiner. He pulls a bill that would have allowed 12-year-olds to get the jabs without parental consent. Why did he do this? Because he suddenly believes that 12-year-olds are not of a mature enough age and mindset to make a decision that could result in their death? Was it because he suddenly found that, hey, you know what? That really should be the role of the parents in conjunction with doctors, if so, to make a decision like that. Was that why he pulled the bill, Super Don? Did he come to Jesus and realize how wrong he was? No. He uh, Well, let's, let's ask him. Uh, here's his quote here. He said, We have made the difficult decision not to call up SB 866 mm-hmm. for a vote on the assembly floor. While the votes are very close, we are several votes short of 41, and we don't see a viable path for those few final votes. So basically... So- no, he didn't have the votes. He knew it wasn't going to pass, so he pulled it so it wouldn't get defeated. Yeah. So he has nothing to say about the concept of parental authority. No, he's a wiener. He's, he's a wiener. He's truly exactly. a wiener. Um, and and I, which may, I which to... is kind of funny because him and Dickie Pan yeah. uh, have a tendency to agree on things. So right. wiener and Dickie mm-hmm. um, are best buds there in California. How interesting is that? And where do they want to put their wiener? I'm just asking because, <laughs> look, well, and here's the reason I'm asking. Not because, hey, look, whatever their <laughs> sexual orientation is as an adult, yes. but if it's a predilection, what is that predilection for children? I've got a concern here. And and I ask this most sincerely, and it's not a direct accusation of Wiener. Is he a pedophile? I have no idea. But the point is, if you are arguing that a 12-year-old can engage in making decisions that only adults of the age of majority can make for one area. Why is it not reasonable for them or an argument of this adult wiener to say, Hey, 12 year olds can decide to engage in sexual relationships with adults or vice versa. That proverbial slippery slope is not even a slope. You've already crossed that Rubicon. If you're now arguing in law that kids should be able to make adult decisions without parental consent or knowledge. And how many of you would say, even if parents consented to their kids having a relationship with an adult in that way, that it would be legit? No. But in this case, the leftist Democrat in California, known as Wiener, along with Dickie Pan, are all about kids being able to make medical decisions that can result in their death without parental consent, which means you believe 
they are capable of making adult decisions about pretty much anything. I mean, come on, how far does it go? If you can make a life or death decision about what gets injected into you, what about, you see where this goes? So I think these are sick, twisted, uh, the things I want to say, I don't want to say because we do have kids that listen to the show. But it's disgusting. Not only the discrimination coming from people like that against people who simply don't want to become human guinea pigs, experiments to these things. To expand that into the, into the children's ages. And remember there was one point uh, we found out that uh, someone was pushing back on the medical exemptions. or No, 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 it was the, uh, it was the religious exemptions. I have a genuine or sincerely held religious belief against the injections for, you know, you could say X, Y, Z reasons. Many people would say because of the aborted fetal cell line experimentation. And then somebody thought it was a broad idea to push back on these people and say, okay, well, if that's the case, check out this list of drugs that have all been approved by the FDA that have utilized aborted fetal cell or tissue lines in their tests before they were approved. And that was the greatest thing ever because it allowed us to go, oh, look, We've been telling you not to take Tylenol. And now you have another reason. If you didn't believe it was because it was going to kill your liver, guess what? They killed a baby to test. You see? And now we actually had more folks going, ooh, I had no idea. So those with that sincerely held religious belief about uh, the way things are prepared or tested into the marketplace with aborted fetal cell lines, now if they have that sincere belief, they're going to go, I'm not doing that drug, not doing that drug, not doing that drug. And of course, every drug you don't do is more likelihood that you'll be healthier from now moving forward because you do not suffer from a drug deficiency disease, whether it had been tested on aborted fetal cells or not. So they thought it was a great thing to, oh, we got you now. Do you still take that? Well, most people had no idea that those things were tested. I mean, we didn't know every drug that was tested on aborted fetal cells. And now we had this expanded view of here's another reason why you don't want to take these drugs. So they did a, a good thing for all of us by pushing back and going, hey, I don't think it's sincere because you take these drugs. Then they can go, well, dude, I didn't know that. Dude, I'm never taking that again. You're right. Thank you very much. No, I will not do those drugs. You remember that, Super Don? Was that just my imagination? That was I a big to go deal back that and day. find that list. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. If anybody's got access to the list, sometimes we got awesome. I'll dig it up. I guess there's viewers it, that sure. have that. Yeah. Uh, another thing I don't want you to use is glyphosate. And other toxic poisonous pesticides. Oh, man. I just don't want you to use it. I don't know why. What was wrong with me? Don't want you to poison yourself, your kids, your loved ones, your pets, your babies. How about if you're dealing with pesky ants and roaches and aphids and things, you would utilize the limonene from the orange peel. And we've got just the product for you. Orange Guard. OrangeGuard.com. And you can get it. You can use it. You can get it from your local Ace Hardware. And when you do get it, take a picture with it. Send it into Super Don, and we're going to do some kind of prize giveaway. I don't know what it is yet, but we're, dude, we are tallying dude, the pictures. Yes, what? what? Check this out. Check what do we this got? Out. We got a couple more submissions on awesome. the Orange Guard. Mm-hmm. So let's see. First one we'll do is Lori. Yay, Lori's got her Orange Guard. Way to go, Lori. Am I on a delay? I think uh, I might be. Maybe. Maybe. And then the uh, the other one was Ula. Ula. Ah, oh, look at Ula. She's got to do the coolest poses with Ula. Look at those eyes. Is that ridiculous? Ula, stop with those eyes. 
we see them and we're like we're hypnotized we're like oh my gosh and then uh so yeah. i've created a collage i've started a collage now look at that because we got several of there so these are our our entries for the orange guard contest mm-hmm. you too can be a part of this contest am i eligible if i took a picture uh yeah well i guess so do you think you would make me eligible super don i take back everything i said about i don't all know the <laughs> we should put it up for a vote can no, Robert I, be no. eligible for the Orange Guard contest? No, I, I'm not, not going to be eligible for that. Yeah, that's what I thought. I did play along on the AMA, and one of the uh, questions I think I answered correctly. Uh, I didn't win a prize, but when we were giving away stuff, didn't I answer one of the questions? I think I... Yeah, I think forget, you did. forget what the question was now. I don't know. All right. Hey, did I send you some updates on some things that are coming up uh, from Nutritional Frontiers in September, like for nurses in particular? They got like an education uh, event coming up like on the 22nd of September, something like that. So if you're not going, if I'm not mistaken, if you're not, well, it's, you could still make it because the, uh, there it is. How to build a successful functional <coughs> medicine practice. Ouch. That was a loud dog. I'm going to go full screen for that one for you. There it is. Uh, sign up now. The next session is September 22nd. So you could still attend, I believe the, uh, the National Health Freedom uh, Coalition, our, our, uh, our Congress. How to build a successful practice, functional medicine practice for nurse practitioners. Improve patient outcomes and increase practice profits with industry leaders. Nurse practitioner Jacqueline, uh, Jacqueline Shedden and Jamie Dorley. And you're going to learn how to implement functional medical principles. Use diagnostic tools for better assessments. Customize protocols for every patient and a business solutions for every practice. And you can preview the course. Link is up. Um, and thanks to Nutritional Frontiers, they're doing a great job of helping these nurses to do better by the people that they're helping or trying to help. So shout out to Jamie Dorley and the gang at Nutritional Frontiers. Remember, you can get their certified organic hemp CBD products grown in America at cbdnf.com, cbdnf.com. And of course, RSB15 is the discount code. I haven't asked them if there's a discount code to participate or if this is a free thing, but if we click on the sign up now button, maybe we can figure it out, but y'all check it out. I know we got lots of nurses in the audience. It'll be awesome. If you guys plugged into that, that'd be really, really cool. So let's see what else we got coming up here. Oh, we're doing well. I'm sorry that we didn't get uh, Dr. Jeff pilot on, but again, this is the thing for those of you who are planning to be a guest and you've never been a guest on the Robert Scott Bell show live with video. The rule is from now on, you have to test first. I know, I know Super Don's trying to implement it and we try and we kind of, we're just, kinda, oh, maybe we could squeeze one in. It'll be okay. And yes, we could get lucky and it works, but I don't know. For some reason, people don't think it's important to test the connection. They think it's automatic. It's not automatic. If anything can go wrong, sometimes it does. And so we miss good interviews that way or, or muck up the, the momentum of the show. So we will give Dr. Jeff Pyle another go with a test in advance. We'll rebook him. Yes, we will. I emailed him about rescheduling. He wrote okay. back and he said, screw you guys. I'm not coming back. I'm here. going home. Oh, no. I'm taking he my says, microphone. Okay, I'll keep listening as a, as the show is very interesting. So, okay. Yes, well, I will. I'm glad, Dr. Jeff, that you find it interesting. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I, I think I would find him interesting, too. That's why I was so, oh, I can't oh, get yeah. the interview. No, so, totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah, we fully intended to have a great interview there. But, you know. 
There's so many things that can be wrong on an internet connection doing yeah. a video interview. It just that's just how things. it is, you know. Yeah. Your computer, our computer, the internet connection, you know, it's just just whatever. Computers yeah. suck, but you know, we got <laughs> yeah, they out allow how us to, to do well. things at the same time. Yes, and and yeah. you know, look, I know that the kind of message that we bring out. And, and this is not a, a paranoid statement, but let's just say if there are people that would like to sabotage this message from getting out, I don't want to make it easier for them. And that, that the point is, by having a solid connection tested beforehand, we we circumvent a lot of the things. Sometimes you can't avoid certain things. I get that. But in, in context of what we're trying to do on the show, I'd love to be able to be smoother about these things. But it does require a little extra effort. You just can't just show up and, and hope it all works all perfectly. And not that I expect it always to be perfect, but that, that, you know, it's just a little bit of testing that has to happen. So I just want to put that, mm-hmm. put the word out on that. All right. What else is upcoming? Uh, just go to the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Of course, second hour, Laban Ditchburn, world's best courage coach. We're going to talk about the courage to speak up or speak out. Uh, we'll ask him if up or out is appropriate or either or, or, or better out than in. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens in the second <laughs> hour of the show. So, so let's look I at have not taken up. this down yet, mm-hmm. uh, but the uh, I just got the link for the replay. Oh, awesome! From Elizabeth over at Cardio Miracle, and so I will be sending that out to everybody. I might accidentally send that out to um, like everybody instead of just people. You want to plug into the best of the best? Yeah, check I it might. out. It was really yeah. amazing. And Super Don showed up and told you his story about overcoming migraines. If you haven't heard that one, it's powerful. So the next uh, big one, we just mentioned our nurse practitioner update from Nutritional Frontiers. That's the 22nd. But the 23rd, 24th of September is the 13th U.S. Health Freedom Congress. I'm going to be there speaking and uh, running some things. Uh, Ty and Charlie Bollinger will be there. The Health Freedom Heroes of Planet Earth will be all aligned and joined up in Minneapolis, St. Paul, just outside the airport at the Hilton there. And I look forward to seeing you at that one. Then the Wellness Parenting Revolution Health and Freedom Summit and Expo. Doctors Terry and Stu Warner hosting that. It looks like Peter McCullough is going to be there. Uh, Ed Group. Oh, Judy Mikovits will be there again. We love Judy. Uh, let's see who else. Oh, uh, oh, I'll be there. Yeah, let's look at that. Oh, Susie Olson Corrigan. Uh, Thomas Lokengard. Lokengard would be there as well. We got Stephanie Lucretio. She's amazing. Stephanie's good. So it's going to be an amazing three day event, 7th, 8th, and 9th of October. And there's a Nurse Freedom Network with Kimberly Overton, I think on the 6th, the day earlier. And if I get confirmation of public events in the area of Orlando metro area, all the way to Tampa, there's a Chamberlain's Health Food Stores. I may be doing a couple of public events at Chamberlain's. We're just waiting on confirmation of that. Then we have the Health Freedom Expo the following week, the 15th and 16th of October. Uh, That's just outside of Chicago at the Tindley Park Convention Center. And what an amazing event. I mean, it's almost the crescendo of the year. How does it get much better than that? Julie Whitman Klein and the family put it on and so many great people. Nutritional Frontiers is always there. Jonathan E. Mord's there with us. Uh, and so many of our friends are going to be there speaking. Brian Hooker, it looks like, back. Maybe Sherry Tenpenny will be back. Paul Baratero, Todd Frisch, Tracy Straub, Ty and Charlene, Judy Mikovits. Good Lord, why would we not want to be there? And Dr. Bradley Nelson of the Emotion Code. Brad Nelson is going to be there as well. And there are even more than I can even list them all. So uh, look forward to seeing you at any or all of these events uh, coming up. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for indulging me in the upcoming events. The next weekend, the 22nd, which is a Saturday, I'll be like, I think in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh for an event. I'm still waiting the flyer to promote it. But if you are in or near Pittsburgh, PA, I'd love to see you if you're in town. 
at one of those events or the event I'll announce. As soon as I have the official, <laughs> they're slow, but they'll get there. And it's a great event. I've done it before many, many years ago. So looking forward to coming on back. So next hour, uh, Laban Ditchburn is in studio. The, the world's best courage coach, originally from New Zealand, Australia, Mexico, now in America. Maybe coming to a city near you. Great guy. Having a great time hanging out with he and his wife, Anna, who've both been on, featured on the show. And uh, Laban interviewed me for his show as well. His podcast is fantastic. I hope you'll tune into that as well. So stand by. Two people in the studio. Can they fit? Tune in to find out because the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott, the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right. I've decided I'm just going to take this hour off because this guy's so well dressed. It's just putting me to shame in my t shirt. Uh, Laban Ditchburn joins me on the Robert Scott Bell Show in studio. No, it's actually a three dimensional uh, beam in. Wait. No, no. He's really here. <laughs> I never do this. And it was a challenge today. I talked with Laban. He's like, uh, Do you want to come on the show in hour two? And I gave him the option. You can just hang out in the laptop upstairs and, no, no, let's go in studio. So I'm with Super Don trying to troubleshoot. And if your microphone works, it'll be a miracle. Let's see. Well, folks, thanks for thanks for tuning in. We are, this is not an episode of ESPN with Robert <laughs> Scott Bell. I know he's been talking about basketball, but uh, yeah. hey, what a thrill, man, being able to come hang out with you in your home with meet your amazing family. I've got to say, folks, this guy practice exact practices exactly what he preaches. No, tell tell him what a hypocrite I am. You see all in my cupboard, all the GMO foods, the the pesticides that I use, everything. Come on, tell him, tell him. Uh, look, I, I'm a man of integrity. I gotta say, I've gone, been, I've been going through his drawers. Can't find <laughs> anything. Can't find anything out of alignment. So, yeah, it, you know what? It's really rare to see a man or a person living in alignment. It's a rare trait. So keep yeah. up the great work. Well, it, it's like I don't know how people don't do that. Do you, you know what I'm saying? How do you live in incongruity? You right? Hypocrisy is something that's like, oh, we could see it in other people. Maybe we don't see it in ourselves. But I'm like, I have my wife and I have my super Don. If I'm ever out of alignment with that, they'll slap me back in. So it's not a lot I can do to try to get away with it. Not that I want to, but, you know, finding your mission, finding your purpose in life. I know that's a big part of what you're all about. Well, I, you know, the world's best courage coach. And, you know, for those that haven't had an opportunity to hear this before, it might trigger a, a response in you. And it might be along the lines of, you know, how, do, how dare you call, you call yourself that, right? Because I did, I did, you know, with some help with some friends. And it, this is nothing to do with ego. This is a, this is a declaration a commitment that I make to myself. And I, and I wake up every single morning, ask myself, how would the world's best courage coach conduct himself? When you asked me to come on the show and we were thinking about a topic about the, the power of speaking up and watching you do the work and film for this, this documentary that you're doing last night and, and RSB is the consummate professional. He's oh, I was a, such a diva. Come on. You're, you're telling them all the wrong things. I told you, tell them I'm a diva. Tell them I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> we got to break the cycle here. So super Don can feel good about himself. Well, what I, what I left out, what I didn't tell him on the ride home was that he looked very glamorous with the, uh, the makeup they had on his face. <laughs> That's right. Funny. The powder makeup. But, yeah. uh, but what, it was so inspiring for me, Robert, because seeing these brave people and not all of them are able to show their face right now, but, but you know, some of these amazing people that are putting their, their careers, their family on the line. And I firsthand experienced mm -hmm. the loss 
if you can call it that, of family and, and friends, you know, even overcoming it. The, the other day I celebrated my sixth year of sobriety from alcohol, right? And and longer for drugs and longer for gambling. And I look back at my circle of friends from seven years ago. There's virtually, there's like less than 1% are in that same thing. And, and people struggle with losing family and social circles. But i got to say to you, Robert, I've never been so fulfilled in my life. I've never had such wonderfully uplifting people. And the people that are in our circle, you know, we become like the five people that we spend the most time around. So this is the, the, the some of the topic that we can talk about today and yeah. give people the tools to be able to make brave decisions and to speak up. Because I want to ask you a question. No, no questions. I wanna, I'm well, I'm asking questions well, around here. Super Don, this question. <laughs> I want to ask you this question. This question is for the audience as well. Mm-hmm. I want you to name one person mm-hmm. in the history of mankind that didn't speak up. And what was their name and what they do? It's a trick question, isn't it? Yeah. Rosa Parks. If she hadn't said anything, where would we be with that? Mm. There is there is no one because they mm. didn't speak up. Yeah. So we don't know about them. Yeah, well, and, and it isn't about, uh, as you pointed out, fame and ego. It's about you know purpose for being here. And everybody's purpose may be a different little bit or significantly different. I think finding that reason for being is important. It's been a big part of my life. And I've always been looking, you know, I know I have a mission. I know there's something here I'm here to do. Right. And it, and it may not just be one thing and it may change over time, but you might have an overriding theme in your life. And many of you here have come to the conclusion that freedom is a big part of the mission of why you signed on to come back to planet Earth at this point in time. Uh, Super Don still hasn't figured out what he's here to do even though he's awesome at everything he does. I mean, except for figuring out how to use affect or effect. Uh, but other than that, he's amazing. I, I'm trying to elicit a response from him. He's just like, I don't know what's going on. There he is. Dude, I got Laban Ditchburn here, and you're just kind of staying quiet behind the scenes. My job is to not take the bait. That is why I am here. I'm, no. It takes extraordinary effort to goad him into actually <laughs> uh, saying something. And we're talking about it speaking works up. sometimes it's it non GMO bait as well, non GMO bait as well, no but, life yeah. but it, you know, that's, I was asking Super Don, yeah. would it be about speaking out or speaking up? And apparently it's about spe- the courage to speak up. Correct. I was right. You were wrong. <laughs> Once again, it's just like my wife. When I went to go to the studio last night, I said, honey, what shirt was I wearing? Cause it was the third studio session. And it was like about continuity. You're supposed to wear the same thing so it doesn't look obviously like it's a different night that you're filming. And it was a, a, like a week or a trip away from doing it again. I couldn't remember what I wore. And she said, here, it's this green shirt and this jacket. Are you sure, honey? Are you sure? I think it's the blue one. She finally says, just take both. But I'm right. And turns out she was absolutely right. I didn't argue, but I just took both just in case. Uh, but uh, don't argue with your wife. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah, that's the power of shutting up. That's, <laughs> yes. that's another episode. Speaking up, <laughs> shutting up. You got to know when to do either. So I want to ask. I want to ask a question, and and Robert, maybe uh, you can comment on this, Super Don, if you want to contribute as well. What is it that you're most afraid of when you need to have a difficult conversation with someone? Like mm. you really don't want to have that conversation. What is it that's the the thing that you are most afraid of? Uh, let's see. Well, one of the things. Rejection. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Super that's, Don, that's, you got anything I mean, else I mean another way of, of, of wording it. I mean, just how are they going to react to it or how are they going to. But what specific yeah. reaction? Like I said, for me, it was like, oh, my, would I be rejected if I did? I mean, like, I don't want to risk losing something in that context. Right. 
So th- this is a message for people out there that might be by themselves or if you're with family. And I want you to remember this. What people think of me is none of my business. Mm-hmm. All right? What people think of me is none of my business. You get to say that out loud. You can repeat that exact same phrase. And it's, it's, be- it's easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. But And, and I want to ask you another question. When you do finally have the conversation with someone, mm-hmm. is it usually better or worse than the thought that you had? Well, when the conversation it, it comes from the heart, not from anger, for instance, like, it, you know, it, you, you are, you're lashing out versus somehow you found a way to enter a difficult conversation or subject matter. It typically ends up way better because the things you make it out to be, the fears that you have, they're not necessarily, they're illusion. Now, if you enter in a certain way, perhaps they would be that way, but taking the time to get out of, let's say, an intense emotion about those things is important, I think. In other words, to engage, you know, what really happened or maybe to ask questions as opposed to make an accusation if it's difficult like that. Spot on, spot yeah. on. I think one of, a great comparison, a, a great example rather, is I got introduced to this uh, really impressive person and, and I won't mention the person's name or what sex they are just to keep, protect, pr- pr- uh, protect, protect their identity. Protect their anonymity. Yeah. And but their expertise was bias, and and they were from the subcontinent. They grew, they were born in the USA. When they were at school and they were growing up, they were bullied, and they had notes on the locker saying, you know, go back home, and that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and dot head and all these kind of horrendous things. So her her purpose in life is to focus on, you know, preventing bias. And I and I intuitively. I really needed to ask her a question because she was going to be a guest on my podcast series. And I, and I, well, I've given away her sex now, but uh, I said to her, can I ask you a question? And I question, I really didn't want to ask. It was because of the, the fear of not being liked or rejected or losing, you know, being introduced and letting the other person down. And I said to her, what are your thoughts on vaccine mandates? Right. Mm. Because I had an inkling that it was going to be a bone of contention had they come on the podcast. Right, right. Now, the response answered everything I needed to know about that. And no judgment to her, mm. right? She's entitled to her views. But the way she answered was out of alignment with the message of the podcast. Now, here's the beautiful thing, Robert. Mm-hmm. Here's the beautiful thing. I hope that by me having the courage to speak up, to set a clear boundary, I've created some thought-provoking insights for her to look at because the way she kind of responded, she said, in some circumstances, I think it's okay, Mm -hmm. which when you look at the concept of bias, is that really in alignment with what she's doing? Mm -hmm. And so the the lesson here, and the reason I wanted to share this with, it was was great for me because we we became very clear Mm -hmm. and and I haven't heard back from her. So I'm guessing that's, that's had that natural polarizing impact but i really hope that it allows her to think about including that Mm -hmm. in in part of her work to be a truly effective bias expert i I don't think that you're opposed to talking with people that you may have disagreement with that's not what i'm getting from not at all and i even think about some of the guests we've had on over the years super don think about you know when we have like even the guests we we intended to interview it didn't work out first hour He's a PhD. I don't know a lot about his background, but again, recommended by Kevin. We usually have amazing interplay with that. But there have been, for instance, physicians, medical doctors we've had on over the years that were like, we don't agree on the vaccine issue. But we find a way, or at least I do or attempt to find a way to where do we find agreement? And of course, in, in alignment with that, where you're going, Laban, the freedom 
right? Not to mandate, not to force. That's where we could say we could disagree about a subject, but do we agree on the freedom to be able to make the choice as opposed to being forced, right? That that's where a, a guest like that, I wouldn't get along with either. And it wouldn't be a good experience on the show. That's a distinction. Yeah. I mean. Massively contradictory and out of alignment, which is a, your language, you'll hear me talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the special folks on the Robert Scott Bell show, we have created a wonderful masterclass in teaching this. It's called The Power of Speaking Up. It's going to be Saturday, the 10th of September at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. And if you would love to get your free ticket valued at $297, text the word COURAGE to double three triple seven double three triple seven. Text the word COURAGE, and we will uh, we'll make sure that we get your ticket out free as a special guest of the Robert Scott Bell Show only today. Yeah, wait a second. You're going to do... The power of speaking up, like a webinar or yeah, virtual okay. event. Virtual you can come event. from anywhere in the world. All right, and so all right, so all y'all listening and watching, it's not September tenth yet. If it is, it's after you missed it. But right now, we're talking August thirty first, twenty twenty two, the final day of August, or any time before that. Will that work? That'll work. Audience? That'll work. Okay. We'll, we'll honor that up until the date. Okay. So text the word courage to three three seven seven seven. Uh, I love that, that e- the ease with which you can do that because Super Don found that out for us. And uh, we do this text RSB to 22828 to be car- part of the newsletter, for instance. Beautiful. So makes it easy. So uh, th- thank you, Laban, for that, for and, doing that. Well, look, you're so welcome. And it's the least we could do because it, it encompasses all of the amazing work, the fearlessness approach that you have to putting your word and being, you know, canceled off, off YouTube and Spotify and, and still having this wonderful audience that are just dedicated to Because I don't care. I just want to know the truth so I can make an informed decision. Mm-hmm. I, if the truth make, makes me readjust how I completely live my life, if, as long as it's in alignment, then that's important to me, mm-hmm. right? For anyone that's outside of the United States, just email me. Just Laban at labanditchburn.com. We'll make sure we get you a ticket. All right. Okay. Sorry. I mentioned a... the Robert Schiap Bell show so he knows where that's coming from. That's yeah. Andy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just looking at a picture uh, from gosh, 13 years ago. You know how some of these things pop up in the feeds, like in social media? And it's a picture of my wife and me and uh, uh, another uh, uh, Richard from uh, Richard Thomas from R. Thomas all those years ago. I may have to send this to you, Super D, but th- I look at I look at my wife in this picture. This was about a year or so before she got that injury and, and you know, the suffering that she's gone through. And, you know, we talked about this, Laban. You've met her now and got to hang out as well to, to know a little bit more about that background. But it. You know, it's like a pain like that that you can't see. It's not physical. You can't see the disability that people have. You know, this is hard because you don't know somebody is suffering because you don't see it visually. And, you know, I look at this. I'm like, look at the smiling face. And yet she still finds a way to smile, even if it hurts her (laughs) all these years later, as we continue to work and attempt to find new ways to break through whatever pattern, whatever emerged, whatever reason we may not fully. Oh, you found it, Super D. Thank you. That's amazing. That's just a great memory because Richard Thomas is just a great friend. Another one of those real heroes and warriors in this lifetime, kind-hearted, loving people that came here to lighten and brighten the world. Uh, Richard Thomas from our Thomas. But again, thanks for showing that. I, you know, I just say, why do these things happen? Why are we reminded of uh, maybe sometimes better times? Like I look at that picture and I'm saying to my wife, you look at that and like, we can do that again. We can get there again. And, and, and part of it is, is, I don't know, it's a visual manifestation, it's belief, it's all of these things. And, you know, life can beat you down to the point where you give up and you say, and this, I'm not talking about my wife specifically here at all. This is about in general, where stuff happens and hard stuff happens and it keeps happening. You seem stuck and stuck and stuck. And yet, as long as you're breathing, as long as you're alive, 
there's an opportunity, plenty of opportunities, not only for healing, but for uh, achieving whatever it is you're here to do. And again, I'm not here to say what it is that is for you, but I'm always excited when I find people lit up by their discovery of the reason for being. But sometimes it's hard in the midst of suffering and, and, and pain and uh, trudgery of not seemingly not breaking through to the other side of what you know is there, but you can't seem to get there. That's, you know, where do you get the courage to keep going? Well, I, I mean, witnessing the the relationship you have with your beautiful wife and the 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 patience and the tenacity that you've just it's it's mind boggling. It's so inspiring. And, and, you know, some of the people that we met last night that have been vaccine injured and, and, you know, one of the ladies, the nurses there that lost her husband just a year ago and being able to have a conversation with them about being being able to in the time when when time's right you know to use that experience to be able to empower inspire and motivate other people you know like for those who don't know with all of the other stuff that's gone on yeah i've given up all that other stuff and that's great and whatever else but my my wife and i collectively have gone through 16 consecutive miscarriages mm. right including two of those were ectopics one one nearly claimed her life in 2019 well, and, right? and you both desire to have children it's not desperately, like, I mean, desperately yeah. want that. And look, you think about again, another, and, and anybody that's been through even a fraction of what Laban's about to share, you know, you try to have kids. I mean, I remember when my wife and I were ready to have kids, it took five years. We're like, wow, when, 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 and we wanted another one. And, and, and Nancy, my wife's talked to God said, God, I'm about to turn 40. If I don't get the, if this baby doesn't come before 40, we're done, we're done. And, and it was like, almost not a, 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 a despite a spiteful challenge to God. It was like, just, I'm letting you know, this is where this is my limit. And, and having these, uh, let's say you're talking about afraid to speak out or speak up. God can take it. <laughs> you know, if you got no one else to talk to speak to the creator about these things. And then lo and behold, right before uh 40th birthday, we found ourselves pregnant with the, but you're ta- describing something because we've had Anna, your wife, who's just wonderful from Russia originally, uh, share her story of of serious abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, to the point of damage, serious physical damage uh, that seemingly is making it very difficult to take a baby to term. And that this is, you know, if you want to send some prayers to Laban and Anna on this one, feel it because they de- desire truly. I mean, tears come to my eyes thinking about this to bring ch- children into this world. And uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt all of where you were going with this, but I, I really feel and I want to do anything I can to help, you know. No, you're not interrupting at all, brother. And 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 we graciously receive and accept your wonderful prayers as well. But here's the here's the power when you meet Anna. For those who've seen that episode, and and maybe we'll get her on the show in the future, and yeah. and uh, she can give it give an update on what's been going on. She created a podcast series called the World's Best Trauma Recovery Podcast, as she's been going through a healing process. So in the meantime, she's surrounding herself with people that have gone through some of the most extraordinary uh, events in their own life and how they've overcome everything mm-hmm. and using that to create momentum in, in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And we are not tied to, we're not, we're not defined by our ability to make a baby, you know, and you and I had a really, really powerful conversation in the car. Maybe you didn't realize it was as powerful as it was regarding me having fears about not being able to have a natural born baby with Anna and, you know, an adoption wouldn't be the same. And then you were talking about the spiritual realm. Yeah, Do you care yeah. to share what you were 
Well, it, you know, this is this is the thing. Uh, folks, we, we have a, a concept of our bloodlines, you know, and men, I'll be honest, it's like we want to have our it's our kids, my kid. Right. And we pass on. Maybe maybe it's an ego thing for men. I, I'm a man. I'll admit maybe my, my shortcomings in that regard. But as I was talking with Laban last night in the car about this and I said, you know what, these souls that come and inhabit bo specific bodies, they may come to this planet and not come through you and your wife, for instance. And yet this this concept of bringing a spiritual family together that exists beyond, again, your genetics, right? We all have this predisposition to consider genetics is really who we are, but that's just the physicality of this body we inhabit. But our spiritual essence is quite different, and it can inhabit a body that comes from a different family. Maybe that child has been abandoned, but maybe that child came in just to be with you and your family, and it didn't come through that way. Now, I'm not to say yes or no in that case, but it's an extraordinary thing when you meet someone, not even of a child's age, but an adult to an adult, and you make a connection with them, and you're like, you immediately know that you've known them. And you know them like there's a great love and a bond, whether it be a brotherhood, a friendship, a kinship in some way, that you're, you're family. And I'm talking on a spiritual level that goes beyond, again, the bloodlines. That's different than the reductionist view like the kings and queens, the emperors that believe in these bloodlines and they can keep in, incarnating as kings and queens. And it really limits their experience. And they're so deceived in what they perceive or believe. But the beauty of life and life in this body and how it happens is so much more extraordinary than anything we could believe or limit it to by the birth the way we would have a kid. So the gift of if, if it comes down to it, adopting a child could be within that soul group that was just waiting for you to show up and say, here I am. Uh, and, and again, there may also be the opportunity to heal and have babies that way as well. But the point is, don't limit God. Don't limit the gifts of spirit to provide for us a soul that has come in to come under the tutelage, if you will, or the mentorship as a parent, even via adoption. That is more meaningful as many people that I've met in my life, Laban, that are more family than family. In some cases, you say it's like you can see how families abuse each other. I mean, I've got you know extended family members are like completely discarded me. They're like, I don't like the way you live. I don't like the way you are. They're not family anymore. Right. So it just expands the, the possibilities, the concepts. And I always say this about healing. I don't know how healing is going to happen for each and every one of you if you're after it. But I didn't know necessarily how I thought it would come in a certain way, but it didn't. It came in a, a completely new way that I'd never heard of with homeopathy and all the things that I would learn. And I had to open myself up for the possibility of receiving gifts that came in a different package with a different colored bow and a different ribbon. But I didn't want one like that. Right. But I had to be beaten back to go, you know what? Stop it. It's going to come the way it needs to come. You just got to be open to receiving it. So that's a long version of a little bit of what you inspired in me thinking about as we were talking about even now. Yeah. Well, amen, brother. And and here's the beautiful thing about what you shared with me. It's it's given there's a sense of calmness that's come over me and stopped putting so much damned pressure on myself, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And and going back to this 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 uh the power of speaking up, you know, I, I had a choice on whether to bring this up mm -hmm. with a relative stranger, even mm -hmm. though you know we feel like we've probably known each other for multiple lifetimes. And Who's stranger, me or him? Right. Who's <laughs> and 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 thank God that I shared that because it's like if I bottled that up, I wouldn't have got that beautiful insight. You've been thinking about amazing other stuff and it will trigger some other great response. So this is this is the whole point of having this courage, the power of speaking up and the beautiful butterfly and ripple effect that we can have on the world around us in a positive way. Yeah, and another aspect of what you're saying too is 
when you get to that point of you release that tension, that intensity, you know, how many people have found themselves, those of you who have tried to get pregnant and couldn't, and finally just out of, you just gave up. You're like, I can't do this anymore. And suddenly you find yourself pregnant and you have a baby. And I'm not saying that happens every time, but it's just something about, I, I've called it the, the law of reversed effort, right? We try so hard. We push so hard. And sometimes we just got to let go and surrender. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like some people think all giving up is bad. You don't, you don't quit ever. It's not about quitting. It's about recognizing that which we have genuinely the power and control over. And sometimes it's beyond us. We need some sort of divine intervention. We don't know how to receive it. And we fight, we fight until we are exhausted. And then suddenly the miracle occurs. Now that doesn't mean to, to not try and do everything within our efforts to, to achieve what we want, but releasing that tension is often, it's the block that we didn't know energetically to the miracle for it to occur, whether it be actually a miracle happened or suddenly a doctor comes into your life and says, Hey, I know exactly what to do in this case and solves it. it or any number of things could be esoteric, could be very mundane, but the opening, the healing, the opening, the, the receiving, the willingness to receive, and in a way that we don't perceive it's possible, let it go. Let go of the preconceived notions. Yeah, and I, I want to acknowledge, there's a great great point from Murdoch plays 5D chess on the live chat here. <laughs> Murdoch. He's talking about, uh, yeah. now, Western A. Price, we love Western A. Price, and Anna and I, uh, I used a carnival diet for three years to fix my good, right, my autoimmune disease. So the, just to, to give you some more information, mm -hmm. as part of the abuse, there was there was two pregnancies that came about and there was and it was underage and they were illegal abortions and one of the abortions did some damage to the uterine wall so there, there appeared to be some scar tissue so we've been we and we we love all these comments by the way we're always we'll never ever say no to these amazing suggestions um because you know when we get to the bottom of it how would we do that what a wonderful story it is and and hearing stories about people that have one miscarriage that suffer immeasurably you need to know that you're not alone with this stuff you need to know that it can be this amazing superpower although it doesn't feel like it right now mm -hmm. yeah and uh, murdoch i like how focused laban is when he's listening to rsb yeah it's making me a little uncomfortable <laughs> no i'm just kidding but no that's one of the when you journey into wanting to be the best of anything one of the things that you'll find is common to all of these things is the ability and willingness to actually focus your attention and listen to what's really happening. And I mean, listen beyond your ears. I mean, you can hear words, but just like that woman you were talking about, uh, unnamed about, you know, what was her thing? And you find out there's bias, something, bias, bias coach. Yeah. It was, there was something you felt in her words. It was like the words were fine, but then something about, and that's what we're talking about, listening maybe even with the heart or some sense that goes deeper. And, you know, you can watch Laban observe and he's listening with his entire being. And that's why he succeeds. That's why he's succeeding as the world's best courage coach. Well, I appreciate that a lot. And and it's important. Like there's a, a powerful coach by the name of Steve Hardison, who's somewhat of, somewhat of an enigma, but he mm -hmm. coached people like Yana Van Zandt, who's Oprah Winfrey's coach, right? So like who coaches Oprah Winfrey's coach? Someone's pretty good. But one of the things he said, it really stuck with me forever. Will do. The power is in the listener, mm -hmm. right? The power is in the listener. And learning, learning how to listen better makes me more powerful mm -hmm. and I can serve more people. Right. So thanks, Murdoch. Shout out to you, brother. <laughs> right. What did you just say? I wasn't listening. You say, I no, don't know. Just, I, I, I drifted off. What kind of drivel is that? No, it's great stuff. <laughs> uh, Laban Ditchburn, if you're just tuning in, is, is my guest, the world's best courage coach, a uh, good pal. And uh, we love his wife, Anna. She's amazing. Brilliant. And what she's experienced is just 
just brutal. And we, we she shared her story on this show. She also has her own podcast, and she interviewed our buddy uh, Kevin Tuttle about his experiences as well. And it, you know, the tears will flow. It's just extraordinary. And these things, unfortunately, are more common than we'd like to believe. And and some of you in the audience have experienced things like that. And it seems to be part and parcel to the human experience. It's not something I'm thrilled about, but recognize that it is part of apparently a lot of people's lives. Uh, we can, you know, pick apart why these things happen. We'd like to see a cessation that they wouldn't keep happening, but humans are creatures of habit. And if it happens to them, then they want to visit it on other people. And it's a great gift. And I think a godly thing when you say, you know what, I'm going to break the cycle. That cycle of abuse stops. And there are people that have overcome tremendous abuse to do things that are so extraordinary and they do not repeat that cycle. And then they help others to do the same or better to not repeat those cycles. So these are the things we get to share. And it happens by speaking up even when we're afraid or especially sometimes when we're afraid. And a lot of people Laban, are afraid to speak up because of cancel culture. They're afraid of getting canceled. I talked about rejection. You asked that rejection. Obviously I'm not afraid to speak up this show. I'm like, wherever it's going to fall, it's going to, you can reject me. You can cancel me, but we're still going to speak out and up because it is just what is coming through. I don't do it to denigrate purposefully or hurt people, but there are people that are out there are hurting. And you've heard this hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. I do. That's a lot of what we're seeing. I think with certain aspects of our body politic, it's not enough that, uh, you know, people disagree and, you know, you just, but no, no, we have to punish you for disagreeing. And it's like, that's gone to a a place of abuse. Like, why is that happening? I guess it's different for every individual, but this group dynamic is causing a real discord in our culture. Two things, two things. Uh, We've both been privileged to have uh, Dr. Peter McCullough on the show, right? Separately. Mm -hmm. And I was able to have a, a very frank conversation with him off camera and, and I was asking him about the impact of him being cancelled to the point where he's been booted off, you know, countless medical boards and all the other stuff that he was been involved with. Mm-hmm. But he said to me uh, something, and I'll paraphrase here because I don't want to quote him. He, he's never been more fulfilled in his life. You know, that mm-hmm. guy who has lost on paper so much, but he's never been so fulfilled, right? Isn't that a powerful lesson? Mm-hmm. Is that a powerful lesson? And the other thing I was going to say, Robert, was – Imagine from an abuse point of view, if the offender, if the perpetrator knew without any shadow of any doubt that they were going to get found out at some point in the future, Mm. if they knew 100% of the offense was going to get found out and they were going to be held to account, how much would the offending drop by as a percentage? Oh, yeah. All right. So how can we create an environment where people feel comfortable with the power of speaking up? All right. It's a learned skill. Like doing what Robert Scott Bell does when he's freestyling in these documentaries with giving medical graphs and all kinds of stuff, he's <laughs> juggling everything. So very impressive. Well, yeah, just let let the spirit flow is what I say, and I know it, it's a it's a learned, I say, skill. I mean, some people are born with talent. We talk about the, the geniuses of the of of the past, like the Mozart's of the world, and I think we all have certain things that we are good at, and yet when I do what I do, and Laban and I were we're talking about this last night. How many thousands and thousands of hours have I been practicing communicating? And I, and I go back to those early years of uh, my, my uh, snot-nosed homeopathic career when I was out lecturing at health food stores, traveling around the country a little bit. And I was still, I guess, late 20s, maybe early 30s at that point, beginning uh, a lecture tour kind of thing, kind of on the edge, out on my own. And I would have, you know, I always joke about this, like little old ladies in Florida. If I was at a lecture, a lot of little old ladies went to health food store lectures back then. 
and they would just let me have it after these talks. Like, I can't believe you said, you can't say that. And you can't say it this way. I'm like, and rather than being angry with them, my immediate response was gratitude. I was like, thank you. Tell me more. Even though it was a little uncomfortable, it's like, Hey, they're throwing tomatoes at me. But what was it that was more important to me in that moment? And it led to all of this is like, do I want to learn how to communicate and make that, which is important to me land when I communicate it? Yes. Might I need to listen again to these people that say you're doing it wrong <laughs> instead of going, who are you? What do you know? It's like, you're the people I want to reach. Not just little old ladies, but everybody. And in that context, you listen, you listen, you listen, and you hone your, your ability to communicate. And then some of the, the simple habits you know about speakers. Ah, uh, um, you know, those are also very little but pragmatic and important things as well. But there are so many other things about communication that you could go to an expert communicator for a lesson in it. And there are people that do that. But I tended to want to do it just by doing it and learning the hard way. Don't always have to do it that way, but maybe there are reasons that it's beneficial. And it's certainly indelibly marked in me how important it is not only to communicate, but to have it land for people in a way that they can hear it as opposed to the way I think they should hear it. Well, you're, you're dealing with something rather unique. You're getting divine downloads from the, yeah. from the greater good, right? Or from, from God. And, and you've, you've, the thing I love about how you operate, Robert, is that you've tuned into that right and i and i would argue that that's how i love to operate as well i don't prepare a thing for my interviews that's that's a bare-faced lie but i will read <laughs> i will read the book of the person i will read a yeah. four or five hour book plus watch two three hours of podcast for a 45 minute interview so that i'm energetically yeah, connected prepared and connected right and it just flows like mm -hmm. chocolate right yeah. or water yeah. chocolate water no, I, I feel that. Like, I remember we had uh, Super Don. Who was it that we had on uh, some weeks ago? Uh, it's been years since we had him on a political pundit. I think he had Harvard background, uh, and he's he used to write for World Net Daily a lot. And he wrote a book recently um, we were covering about, gosh, un unmute yourself too, because I, I want to go back to this, because this was an interesting experience with, with him as well. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember. It was... Uh... I booked him so many times years ago. Yeah, I don't know why I just drawn a blank. My wife probably knows it without even it's, saying it's the name. It's contagious. You ever yeah. notice how that happens when you draw a blank and then you ask somebody the question and they can't remember it either? But you know how it's like in marriage? It's like we can't both be angry at the same time or upset. One of us has to be the, <laughs> the level-headed one. It's like that in this radio marriage. Just like if I forget something, you have to remember it. If you forget, I, you know, it's just how the balance has to work. And you too. I like a married couple. I tell you what, it does. People love the way we bicker. <laughs> it's all in good fun and love. I don't draw blood normally, I don't think, anyway. But uh, I can't believe I just forgot the guy's name. But the point of what Laban was saying is about, did somebody pick it up, what the name was, who I'm thinking of? Somebody will. Case? Yeah. They always uh, do. And his, his book was really amazing, and he went in places like on environmental discussions. The things that Liam Sheff used to write about, our friend with official stories about growing earth theory like the, the the gravity at the time of the dinosaurs i mean he went places and i mean he's like harvard educated it's like holy tamale he went way outside the box and and i was connected with it i'd read where he had gone up to that certain point of the book and i was like dude you are and he really appreciated it he said yeah because most people won't even read it they'll like maybe cut skim something and it was important like you said to the even if you don't know every word of the book it's just you you're now the vibration of what they're trying to bring out you're connected to it was it. jerome corsi jerome corsi thank you for finding out yeah, well, you yeah. remember the name of the book that he wrote recently that's one step too far isn't it 
The truth about energy, global warming, and climate change, exposing climate lies in an age of disinformation. That was a great interview, and I want to get him back on for part two because we only got partway through his book. Uh, But, you know, the ability, courage to speak up. There's a guy who's been speaking up, willing to be canceled because the environmental movement, as much as I love a clean, healthy environment, I don't want to kill people to have it. And, And those people that don't like, you know, oil are going to kill millions, if not billions of people in their efforts to what? Save the planet or save the people? And, and those people, I'm, you know, I'm insensitive to, to, to what they're doing because they're so willing to sacrifice all of us. I'm like, if you really believe the world is overpopulated, why don't you volunteer to be the first one to leave the planet <laughs> and leave us alone? Can I, can I just contribute something? We, we, uh, we, we drove to St. George in Utah from Panama City, Florida in six days, 2,000 miles, which is about 3,200 kilometers for people in Canada, wherever you're going. And we drove about six, seven hours a day through like hours of fields that had grass and corn in them that could easily be converted into places to live. There's plenty of room on this planet. Mm -hmm. Trust me. You know, the 500 million for the, uh, what's the name of the, the, uh, the depopulation people? What are they called? Well, the, uh, well, what are you talking about? The Georgia guys? Eugenics Eugenics, Eugenics society, right? I mean, who comes up with these numbers? There's plenty of space. I've been to 25 countries around the world. There's plenty of space, right? That's all I've got to say. If you want to live on top of each other, that's that's your thing. I like to have a little spread out time, but there's plenty of space even in that context. Now, one of the things when we talk about uh, food, food production, Sri Lanka recently, because they wanted better ESG scores via the World Economic Forum, and you talked about these mastermind groups, that they're all like these mind matter melding people, and you can use it for good or you can use it for evil. And they've decided, you know what? Countries need to go all organic. Now, that would be something I have great sympathy for and even an enthusiastic support of. But the way they did it was uh, overnight shut down all of chemical agriculture, uh, let's say factory farming methods. And suddenly you realize that the conversion to organic overnight is not possible. You can't produce that number of food, that level of uh, or amount of food that would be needed in that way. Now, that doesn't mean organic food is not capable of providing food for everybody, but it also means that we can't rely on factory farms solely for our food. We all have to go back like our ancestors not long ago and grow our own food as well. And if everybody does that, there's going to be an abundance of food, even as the ability to factory farm food with synthetic chemicals is reduced. But you can't do that overnight, as Sri Lanka is finding out as they go hungry and they're rebelling against their own government. So the idea may be laudable to go more organic but to do so overnight can be a deadly event for a for a nation yeah i agree with you 100 percent, robert and one thing i'd also say as well that became very abundantly clear is that i know that in the united states where we are corn and wheat and soy sugar and and i think they're the four that i think are subsidized certainly corn big time and and that disproportionately grown right so they've got to use them so like if you could knock down all those cornfields and put grass and put regeneratively farmed beef and lamb and ruminants that repurpose the you know sequester carbon and do all the other good stuff that's been happening for a millennia mm-hmm. like you could you could solve and a, and a big cow will feed you know one person for a whole year based on the estimates right yeah well it's a different way but it's not uh let's say an unprecedented way it's not like a new way it's the old way where there was always a regenerative capacity within using the land and yes animals were involved in that but to discard them altogether because i know that vegans have a let's say a moral thought form about treating animals in a certain way 
But the reality is throughout history, there's been a cycle of return, you know, and this is the part of the strengthening of the soils needed to grow even the vegetation that you may like to eat as well. Uh, this is, again, a part of the discussion that is not really being had in most of these mainstream circles where they say you will eat bugs and you will like them. No, I won't. No, I won't. <laughs> and I won't be happy. Yeah. And, and it's a great point, Robin. And, and I think the, the education, like I, when I went through on that carnivore diet, I didn't do it because I was trying to be cool or trendy. It was out of pure necessity. And and one of the main things I was concerned about was my impact on the environment and, and harming myself because of the, the lies that I'd been fed. Mm -hmm. And I and as I have gotten with all of my life, all the things I've been able to solve, I, I just immersed myself in the knowledge. I've read, it's over 600 books in the last five years now, right? That might not, but not, might not be a lot to a speed reader group out there, but it's a lot for me, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I came to learn that there is huge amounts of death and destruction with much smaller animals when you're talking about monocropping, when you're trying to uh, maintain a vegan diet, and there's no judgment, all right? People are uh, where they're at. They're exactly where they need to be. Mm -hmm. But just I just want to know the truth so I can make an informed decision. And when you think about the amount of lies that are being thrown out in the world right now, it's very refreshing, isn't it? It's very, very refreshing to hear the truth when it comes out. Yeah. Hey, shout out to mom. Hi, mom. She says, love that time with Laban. So uh, L-A-B-A-N, mom. That again, she doesn't have to spell your name right. <laughs> Is that your mom? Yes. Get Mom's mom. watching. She's back in Atlanta. Good to uh, see you. And we know I noticed that you were wearing Atlanta Braves hats uh, the other day, and you were telling me that you went to the opening game of the uh, season this year in Atlanta. That's kind of so cool. So spoiled. Shout out to uh, Tommy Breedlove and his wife, Heather, who uh, Tommy Breedlove's an amazing speaker, wrote a book called Legendary, which uh, if you're looking for a boost in your self-esteem, that'll help. And they shouted us the, the first first game of the season. We bought the hats, mm -hmm. you know, first ever baseball game, and it just happened to be in Atlanta, Atlanta Braves. Yeah. So, uh, How cool is that? Now, when you're shouted something, this is what I learned. I know, I know some Aussie and New Zealand slang. I didn't know that one. You're shouted something. It means you're gifted something. You're given something. Yeah, like I, I will go out afterwards and I'll shout you a round of lemonade. <laughs> some kombucha right? lemonade. Or, yeah, awesome. Yeah. What's yeah. the name of that shop? That you took us to that had that amazing oh redmond heritage in uh yeah. in utah yeah. yeah that redmond heritage they have these kombuchas that are just such beautiful blends there's a lavender lemonade that i love in season the apple the spice cider which oh. is coming back usually around fall one of my favorites um great great kombucha and, and of course they had smoothies and shakes and other things and i was saying the next time you get a craving for a milkshake make it organic preferably with raw milk but even there i have to buy my own raw milk because it's like i think there's a, a, a regulation this comes to government a regulation that if we're serving it to you it has to be pasteurized and so i'm like here look, don't tell anybody i'm buying the raw milk can you put this in instead Shh, don't i won't tell i'm not saying that they did it i'm just saying uh ideally but these are the things when you're really hardcore you'll do and uh i might be that super disciplined you, utah is it just a untapped amazing place to visit it's i don't know about the audience out there but if you haven't got to utah get to utah like beautiful spot wait wait till you do some hikes and then you'll you know, you'll say that eight maybe miles. not yeah. eight miles eminem over here Whoa. different kind of eight mile crazy time all right let's see do we have some stories to cover this hour Superdon? do we have uh i think we had uh oh there was a coast guard story i wanted to cover and we got about 10 minutes before we break and then have the bonus round let me see if I can find this story. Well, we do have linked up the world's best master class, it looks like here. Uh, is that something that you're promoting? That one. Not Don't one? Worry. We'll, okay. we'll focus, we'll focus on the uh on, on the really the the power of speaking up. Okay. 
with uh, text courage, right? Double three, triple seven. That's really a priority right now for me, and and uh, and what we deem to see need as as a priority for for what people are really battling with. Yeah, just just some ideas on how to start, right? So it's text the word courage to three three seven seven seven, so you can be part of the power of speaking up. Uh, a virtual whatever webinar. I don't even know what to call these things. Yeah, but it's an a, online it's a, thing. It's a masterclass. Masterclass really? of its own right. Saturday, the 10th of September, 10 a.m. Mountain Time. That means noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and free for the Robert Scott Bell Show uh, family. Valued at 297 yeah. bucks. Nicely done. Thank right. you for that. It's at least we could do for you guys. Thank it's you amazing, for that. Amazing supporters. So I want to cover Yesterday, I, I did a little un, unprovoked rant about the Coast Guard. Um, they're talking about the non-jabbed Coast Guard cadets have been ordered, ordered to leave the Coast Guard Academy campus because they didn't get the jab. Now, they're denying them the religious right of refusal, and they're also proclaiming that they actually have the community shot that's supposedly been fully FDA licensed and approved. But I pointed out that there's no way in you-know-what that uh, any manufacturer of a vaccine that is not shielded from liability would make that vaccine available in any place in the United States. Cause they know when they injure or kill somebody, they will be sued to bankruptcy. And so with the EUA emergency use authorization jabs, there's no liability. They can't be sued. You can't sue Pfizer. You can't sue, sue Moderna. And yet they're claiming, Oh, we've got community. So if they are, they're lying, they're misbranding, they're mislabeling, and they should be held to account. You talk about holding people to account making them responsible for their actions and watching how quickly their behavior changes when they realize that it's all going to be exposed. And the other thing is those community and spike vax jabs, they have not been put under the auspices of the national vaccine injury compensation program, which would take a vote by the CDC ACIP committee. And that's not apparently, I don't know if that's likely to happen soon or not, but until that happens, then you can go, all right, they probably do have them available because now you can't sue them. I mean, it's everybody trying to escape liability. The bad people, they do not want any responsibility for their actions. And the illusion, I think if, if you believe in a devil or a Lucifer or whatever, his job is to convince you that there are no consequences to your actions. Because if you don't believe anything can happen based on what you do, cause and effect is not real, then you will do great evil. And you could be a nice person today, but they've done experiments like this. When they convince a human being that there are no accountability for anything you do, they're willing to kill, injure, severely harm, cause pain and suffering. And you say, I would never do that. Well, maybe not, but a lot of people that thought they wouldn't do and have. And so that bringing together of cause and effect and recognizing that when you do something, it sends ripples out to the universe and they do come back to you. The question is when not always as fast as we would like to see it happen. But the gift that I got this lifetime Laban is to find a path that would accelerate those ripples so that I could learn very rapidly about the things I put into the world, how that, how fast they would come back to me. And I mean this first in a context of learning some of the harder lessons, because I think when you begin to understand manifestation and creativity and imagination and how, how we co-create a reality, that you'll see that the positive things can be done that way too. But we tend to, because we're emotionally invested in the negative, we see that more often. People get trapped in negativity. And it's like a lot of emotion invested. It's not just about belief of creativity and imagination, but you have to infuse it with that emotion. And unfortunately, the negative emotions tend to ride shotgun first until you learn how to dissipate them. 
Yeah, and look, the mind is so powerful so that you, it can be used for evil. But honestly, Robert, you know, some of the most extraordinary people I've been privileged to meet in my life, and you've met some of them, who are relationship, financially, and fulfillment successful are the people that operate from a place of service, mm-hmm. right? They are not, they, they are, it's a net positive that they are bringing into the world, not a negative, mm-hmm. all right? And there's very, you know, you look at someone like, let's talk about Bill Gates for, for one second. Oh, but he's got all this money. I can tell you right now, never met the guy, but I can tell you right now, he will be deeply, deeply unfulfilled. And, and like he lost his wife as a result. What has he compromised that's forced him to live out of alignment, right? What what is he dealing with that's that's causing him to hurt in the way that he is, whether you whether you think that's the truth or not? Mm-hmm. So that's just an observation. So the, the the message is really the more that we can live in alignment, and sometimes it means saying and doing things that are out of favor with the mainstream, mm-hmm. which is exactly what we're talking about here. And it sometimes it's you know the backlash can can really affect us, particularly if we've been seeking validation our whole lives. You've got to do the work, all right. Educate ourselves, read books associate with people that are further along than where you are mm-hmm. all right and and ask them for help not so that you appear weak but so that you can remain strong and keep asking for help yeah. until you get it yep and, and look what laban's talking about putting into practice you witness you know he's bragging on me i'm like watching him do this with my son talking to him about you know the things that he's passionate about what would you do and he's like this morning after, before he left I, you were you were out but he's like when i get home is is Laban and Anna going to be there still? Because I want to talk to them some more. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. That says it all right there. Uh, and and such again, a great kid. Yeah, so such exciting kid. to learn and 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 say, wow, I could be lit up about. You mean the things that I love to do, I could be paid to do them. That's one of those things I grew up like. We were in that transition phase where you had one job your whole life. You got the watch, and that you know that is almost an archetype. And then things shifted over our lifetime. But then the idea from previous generations that you could actually do what you love to do and be compensated for it was also, Oh, that's just crazy talk. That's a, you know, so it's stamp out your dreams before you even try to live them. And, and that doesn't mean live irresponsibly because I, we talked also the other day about when I was younger, I did what I can see perceived to be very menial jobs, getting paid very little to do them, but it taught me discipline. It taught me the, you know, the, 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 the value of working hard and showing that you can proving yourself even. And then over time, you know, you toil in obscurity for a long time to become an overnight sensation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many years on the go? Have you, how many years with the show now? How many? 20, 23 years, 23 23rd years. Year, yeah. And, I, and there's know. still people that go, you ask them, you know, Robert Chappell and Laban, they're telling Laban, who the hell is that? Who? Who's that? Who? Money. Cause they're only character. on YouTube. We've got to get you back on YouTube. Yeah, I know. There are big YouTube fans that we're not on YouTube. That's true. <laughs> How do we sneak back on? If I put on a disguise super on, if I wear a, you know, a chicken hat or something, would that work? Maybe. Yeah. Thinking of chicken. How about if we bring back the bird flu, if we go back on YouTube and say, look out the bird flu, the sky's falling that they'll let us back on YouTube because we're fomenting panic because people aren't afraid of COVID anymore. Super Don, tell me that's a good idea. Bird flu is back, right? Right? Yes. Maybe. No. They're trying. They're trying. Although the other day I heard something that something somebody was talking about the tomato flu. Oh, we didn't cover the tomato flu for uh, for real. There's something out there they call the tomato flu. But yes, the bird flu is uh, is being tossed around again. I love it. That might be the next pandemic. Experts say anytime you see a headline that says experts say run the other way (laughs) because they're trying to trap you and frighten you into into a prison cell. 
Um, and they're predicting again, oh, uh, it's chicken flu, it's avian flu, it's back. We found this deadly strain in animals. How did you do it? Well, we PCR'd it. Oh, like you PCR'd everybody during the COVID jab pandemic? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Folks, don't fall for it. Please don't fall for it. Yes, you can see pictures of dead birds. It doesn't mean they died from the bird flu. They could have flown across a toxic uh, pot pot of air and and, they're down. Or, hey, how about this? Electromagnetic radiation frequencies from 5G cell towers. Yes, that has been known to bring flocks of birds down too, messing with magnetic compasses in their brains. Oh, no, no, it's the bird flu. It's definitely the bird flu. Get get your jab. Get your jab right now. Be afraid. Isolate. Put your kids in masks because if they breathe, they're going to kill grandma. Did it work? Well, for some it did, but it's not working moving forward. So the courage to speak up about this and everything else. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if that bird was killed by eating a Beyond Burger. Oh, yes, the GMO Beyond Burger. Clearly, that's you, what the bird was dying of. You never hear about Beyond Burger flu. Mate, yeah. That'd be, that'd be oh, I wouldn't say a good day. I wouldn't encourage that kind of behavior. That'd, but, be, uh, that'd be more appropriate to what right. might actually cause a problem. All right, text the word COURAGE to 33777. Become part of the COURAGE to Speak Up webinar coming up September 10th with Laban. Free for Robert's Cat Bell Show listeners, a $297 value. Thank you, Laban, for doing that. If you're not already getting the Super Don RSB Show newsletter, text RSB to 22828 and we have wrapped up today's show i want to thank everybody for being here including this awesome dude laban ditchburn grateful to have you in in my life my brother it's been fun and we got a lot more fun to have happen we're going to take a pause and we'll be back in 60 seconds for the bonus round of the robert scott bell show because the power to heal is yours it's yours it's yours it's still yours oh come on super don where did he go I tried to be out on time and we're late. All right, Super Don, here we go. Man, I I thought I pissed Super Don off or something bad because I went, the power to heal is yours and nothing happened. I was like, I must have really upset him. What happened? Choked on yeah, it, it's that same thing that I was talking about last week. And you said, you know, you ought to get an Ethernet cord and try and yeah. run it. Well, I did, actually. I got oh, myself, nice. I got myself a 50-foot Cat 5 cable. Cat 7. Cat 7. Ooh, all it's the way It's a Cat 7. Yeah. I just haven't had a chance to try and figure out how to run it from the living room to here yet. But Yeah, here's what I case, would suggest. Yeah. You know those mm. those things they used to have? I can't, how do you start? They're like little, you screw it in and they are hooks. And I would just kind of run it over a hook in the ceiling. So it makes little, nah, I'm little... probably going to try and hide it a little bit better than that. Okay. Because it, it actually, the cable that I got, it's a flat cable. Oh, okay. okay. So I can put it up against like the base, you know, like the trim or something like that sure. along, you know, figure out how to Going make it so out. you don't see it. So what happened I, basically, it hiccuped at the perfect moment and you could. Pr- and, and I knew it was coming. I was looking at the clock and I knew yeah. you, were, you were winding down, ready to do it. All and then, pfft, you know, yeah. and it was just like, oh, man. What about well, if we ran a cable from your house to Superdome's? Yeah, it'd be a little longer. It'd be more than 50 feet. Yeah. Yeah. How many thousand miles would that be? Yeah, not good. It's a lot no, closer man. than it used to be. But. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Hey, what do you think? Laban in studio, did that, that succeed or it not work at all? It definitely worked. So proof of concept now. I can finally do that if we want. That's right. All right, it's embarrassing because so, he sees the mess that nobody else sees. Since, since we've got Laban there, we'll let him be a part of the uh, the poll of the day. Oh, yeah, we have a poll question in the newsletter. And went out with the newsletter today. And mm-hmm. the question is, 
The IRS is hiring 87,000 new employees. How do you believe those new employees will be used? And the options you have are, they'll go after the middle-class Americans and small businesses. They will go after wealthy Americans and large corporations. They're going to target political opponents of those in power. They will go after workers who get paid in cash and tips or Robert's not sure. favorite, not sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you, we give what do you think? What do you not think not. our subscribers? My, my intuition is the top one, the middle class, because, the, because of the huge debt that they've created. They've got to scrimp and save, I think, to try and mitigate Mm-hmm. Yeah, hyperinflation. That's just my shot in the dark and uneducated guess. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I, I think that the, the the number one response will be go after the middle class Americans and small businesses. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons you don't have the money to fight back like the big businesses do. That's why they don't bother to go there. And there's far fewer of them, but there's a lot more to collect if they can shake you down. So I think that'll be number one. Well, surprise, surprise. You both were correct. Oh, it turns wow. out 15, 59% said the middle class, followed by t- uh, 25% who selected uh, uh, targeting political opponents of those in power. Yeah, well, we've seen them used that way already, so that's not unprecedented. Look not at that. Only 2.4% said they go after wealthy Americans and large corporations. And isn't that what the leftists say? Oh, that's what this is all about. We're just going to go after those wealthy Well, inter- interestingly enough, there was a, a, a poll that was done very similar to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, that showed that when you broke it up between Republicans and Democrats, the Democrats did indeed select that they were going to go after the wealthy Americans and the large corporations. But I'd say, I'd say that's BS, mm-hmm. um, simply because we've already seen evidence of the fact that they are trying to go after the little guy already. Mm-hmm. Again, And we already, talked man. about this to some length uh, here on the show, when they were trying to go after... Initially, they, they tried to go after people that had uh, uh, $600 or more in, in any account anywhere. They, they were going to go after those people. And it was just like, wait a minute, you're talking about the people that work at McDonald's. I mean, they, they, these are not the wealthy billionaires, you know, uh, that they're going to go out. They would go after with something like that. Fortunately, it got changed. But they're trying. They're trying to go after the little guy. They'll, they'll squeeze you for every buck you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the McDonald's workers, they ain't loving it. No, not loving it at all. <laughs> no. Right? Well, folks, we got to be creative in how to maneuver around these things that used to scare everybody. I, right. I talked to more people about it, though, that they're seeing through a lot of the deceptions in that regard as well. And it's quite shocking. The things I studied back in the, in the 90s, uh, now, I'm not going to say it become commonplace, but I am now talking with people that are like, dude, you actually know that? That used to be a radical thing to know or say even. So things are happening. I don't think the, um, they'll succeed in the way they used to. Uh, there's a lot that's changing very rapidly here in this regard. So, What other comments or questions or things we need to cover that we didn't cover today? Super D in the bonus uh, Here's a comment from the uh, chat room over at our website. This is from Gretel. Oh, my gosh. Make him say Saturday again. Very cool. Oh, they love your accent. I don't even know how I said it. Saturday? 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 Saturday. There you go. There you go. The and that's a good Saturday. opportunity. To, the, the reason why you said Saturday was because <laughs> you've set up this uh, great opportunity here. I, I don't want to be used for my voice. Maybe I do. What? You like The you voice know, is great. Have you ever considered doing voiceover work? <laughs> well, I did, I did the Audible for my book. Yeah. 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 Dude, Which I know people it. are really relieved to hear as well. <laughs> well bet on you. Bet on you. Bet on you. There you go. I uh, I have done a couple of. My father's a retired radio announcer. Mm-hmm. 
born in Australia, so I'm half Australian, half New Zealand. So he 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 used to do it a lot. He was really good, yeah, really good. But he it was in a, an Australian and New Zealand audience, not an American audience. My goodness, I'm sure he would have been snapped up. He right. would have been. He would have been. His name is Rick Ditchburn. He would have been Rick Dees. Oh, Remember Rick there Dees. You go. Rick Dees. Well, it's true. You know, the first time we met, I thought you were making up your name, uh, you know, Laban Ditchburn. Yeah. Right. It was like, really? That's a stage name. No, it's real. His dad was Ditchburn, too. (laughs) How cool is that? Yeah. Mum chose my first name, actually. It's out of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It means uh, to show fight in the main language in the Philippines Mm -hmm. and also yogurt in Arabic. It means yogurt? Yeah. 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 Explains why I'm so cultured. Super done. There he wears his, his yogurt hey. a sport coat. I don't have oh. the sound effect. I'm sorry. No, I, didn't I, have just, I didn't have it ready. Gretel made another comment before she said about, please say Saturday again. She said, well-behaved women rarely make history. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's I a good like one. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Rosa Parks wasn't well-behaved, according to those that wrote the, the laws, the unconstitutional laws. So she, she died did. broke, apparently. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's not yeah. that it's a great incentive to uh, speak up, but. You know, it's, it's not about us anymore. It's about the impact we leave, you know. Oh, yeah. She leaves a, a legendary level impact, uh, Rosa Parks. And do it early. Do it early so you can witness your own legacy. It's a big thing to me, Robert. Like, don't, wanna, wait. I, don't wait. Don't wait. I want to see it. I want to see it while I'm still alive, my All legacy. Right. Yeah. Very what cool. do you think of that, Super Don? You want to stick around and see, what's, see what you've impacted while you're still alive? That would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. Sure. Because, like, once you're dead, it's like, I, I don't know yeah. exactly what the day-to-day is going to look like. Do you? Right. No, I don't. Ooh, it's a mortality topic. That's an mm. interesting topic. Well, here we were talking about bringing new life into the onto the planet, yeah. and and yet recognizing that you know there's an expiration date for the body we're in, and we've talked about losing a lot of friends and family over the last couple of years, uh, not really to COVID so much as the treatment for COVID, the hospital things, other other things that have occurred, and yeah, there's been some sad times, you know, and reminiscing and thinking about those people that, but at least here their legacy is set. Because those friends of mine that, that I love dearly that have made an impact on me, I make sure that they're going on, you know, and continue to bring them up as much as I can because I'm grateful, even in their passing, for what they've given to me. You know, I, I don't want to pretend that my life was done on an island alone and nobody helped. Man, there are people that have been so impactful in my life and not all of them are here anymore. And, you know, whenever we can bring them up and acknowledge them. You know, they're not here per se in the same way, but I feel their presence. I do. I really do. You know, whether it be Jerry Doyle, right? Your pal who you produce for him. I still, every once in a while, I feel the presence of Jerry Doyle uh, here. Of course, Liam, you know, and Richard Pearl and uh, Dr. Nick Gonzalez. I mean, I'm just naming a few of, the, of some of these over the years that we've lost. But um, there's really amazing souls that, that I've been able to call friends, heroes of mine that I've been able to call friends. And many of them are still here. Thank goodness. Thank God. Well, we're standing on the shoulders of giants, really, yeah. aren't we, in what yeah. we're doing? Yeah. And uh, Laban's a new pal here. We're enjoying getting to know one another, and I hope you enjoyed having him with me on the show in studio. Maybe so. I'll come in next Saturday. Oh, Saturday. <laughs> Say, that. Say that again. <laughs> Gretel's going to join us. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so any other comments or upcoming events or anything we forgot to mention? Who's coming on the show, that kind of thing? Nikki uh, says she has so many Audible credits. You know, Audible, where you can get the audiobooks. She, she's going to have to go buy your book now. Oh, awesome. Thank you, Nikki. Yeah. I will warn yeah. you. Yeah. If it's not the best book you've read in the last 12 months, I will bear my bottom on the main street in Salt Lake City. Oh, lovely. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
uh, uh, do that up at Park City where it's okay. We'll go ahead up where the... the, (laughs) We're on the hike. The Basque man. You can moon a moose. (laughs) All right, so your question was, what do we have coming Uh, up? Yeah, what's coming Uh, up? Uh, Let's take a look at the calendar. We have got uh, tomorrow, we should have Jonathan E. Moore in hour one. Then we've got Dana Stevens in hour two. Uh, And then on Friday... Huh? And September it is September tomorrow. tomorrow. Wow. Yes, this is the last day of August. Yeah. Wow. Fall is coming soon. Hmm. Summer hopefully will be over. Summer, well, it's 21st, I think, is the official the calendar part. But you get a lot of warmth that goes into early fall. Oh, too. yeah. They call it Indian summer. Yeah. Uh, so then tomorrow, we've got Juliana Grimes' uh, Givederm uh, is going okay. to be on in hour one. And Kevin, uh, amazingly, hmm. while he's in Israel. Yeah. Booked Tony Lyons for hour two tomorrow. from Skyhorse Publishing. That's right. Who the publishers yeah. of RFK Junior's book? Yeah. Is it possible that uh, the real Anthony Fauci by Bobby Kennedy had something to do with uh, Fauci saying I'm leaving in December? That's we'll talk to the Tony rumor. Lyons about that. Yeah. And then next week, oh Labor Day. Oh, are they going to be in studio on Brideon on Labor Day? I no. want to be cooking out. I want to have a cookout on Labor Day. There I will be no Brideon on Monday. So They're maybe we do. Replay. Should we do a replay on Monday? They're doing it. They are going to just play an encore themselves um, okay. at Brian Allen, but we could too. We could do a cookout on Monday and not worry about broadcasting. We could, we could do it, but I yeah, I would say you would be required to at least do like a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live. From the cookout? From the cookout. Okay, I could do that. I think I that, that would be yeah. fair. Labor so, Day. Not to be confused with Laban Day. Laban, Laban Day. Day on Labor Day. Where country. will Laban be on Labor Day? <laughs> Well, maybe at the cookout. Maybe He's still hanging cookout, around. Yeah. yeah. All right. There That'd be go. fun. So, anyway, God bless y'all. Thank you for being here. Another uh, great show in the, I don't know what we call it, in the books. What happens when you're done? Where does it go? In the can. In the can. It's in the can. Yeah. And then yeah. don't kick that can down the road. In the can can. I wish you start dancing. Super Don, I think we better stop now. I think I think where this is going. <laughs> He's talking about mooning the, the moose. The one-liners are just, yeah, everybody's groaning in the chat room right now. I might not be a dad yet, but I'm preparing with the dad jokes. Yeah, the dad jokes are already yeah. there, so he's ready. He's ready. So thanks, y'all, for uh, being here. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll, we'll try to uh, rebook our guest from hour one. It didn't work out, but I think it'll be a good story uh, to tell with Jeff Pilot. Yep. Uh, another time. So shout out to all y'all for supporting the show. Just share the show. I mean, that's all you can do if you can. Even better, if you can become a supporter through Patreon. We do our AMAs every month, and Super Don's making all kinds of bonus stuff available for you. We give away all, all kinds of good stuff. Laban will tell me all the things we're not doing that we should be doing because he knows stuff <laughs> we don't know. And uh, we're going to have a meeting, I think, next week or something. You helped us set gonna, up with yeah. Super Don and me and you. And, things are going to so. uh, rocket ship. Yeah, we're going to we're get bigger britches or something, something like that. Is that what you draw? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do the keto diet so I can have smaller Smaller britches, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't need bigger britches. Yeah. If I, you're doing the keto diet right, you will have smaller britches. I'm, I hope so. You know, I'm still I'm in wear, wearing uh, 30 uh, like I wore in college so dude you suck <laughs> all right okay wait maybe i wore note. wait wait maybe i wore 29 so i'm up i'm up i'm see i'm wearing bigger bigger pants now. just make sure you take it before photo super done yeah take right or, or not or you just see one. the before and after on this guy unbelievable yeah. <laughs> just imagine a young overweight dr phil this is what i used to look like. i had a mustache oh my gosh yeah 
Yeah, like I was convinced that was not the same person I know. So. All right, let's get out of here. All right, let's get out. We'll see if you can press the button and uh, uh, not, you know, trip the wire that we'll, you'll eventually have connecting. All right, three, two, one, go. Later. <laughs>